Warning! The following podcast contains strong language, which some listeners may find offensive. If you do... Up yours! That's only if you don't listen to the podcast. Otherwise, not up yours. Did you know the Untitled Wrestling Podcast is on all of the social media outlets? Give us a like, follow, share, subscribe, or even a review if you're feeling generous. Facebook and YouTube at Untitled Wrestling Podcast. Twitter, Twitch, and Discord at Untitled Rest Pod. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Untitled Wrestling Podcast. It is Tuesday. You know what that means. It is me, your boy, Big Tasty, as always. Uh, joined by Faye. Uh, how's it going, Faye? It's going good. Um, yeah, it's my birthday week. It's not. It's my birthday on Sunday, but still... Oh, well. Yeah, happy birthday. And um, despite his involvement in a 2016 public referendum, which led to what some people would call irreparable damage to the to the country, uh, we have brought back Jay uh, today. So, yeah, how's it going, Jay? Fucking hell. Don't compare <laughs> me to that. He's a, a fucking man in a fucking human suit. Um, I, I, am, I am okay. I To be fair, I did do um, some crimes that... You could say it almost as egregious as David Cameron on stream playing Mass Effect last night. I mean, that's, like um, Tony, that's more Tony Blair, though, isn't it? Walk around. Um. <laughs> it, it, I mean, it, it involved mass ex- extinction, so yeah, it is probably more Tony Blair. Um, I also just want to clarify, on behalf of the entire Wrestling Podcast, that to the best of our knowledge, Jay has never placed any part of his anatomy in a dead pig. No, I can confirm I haven't done that. He has consumed many dead pigs, though. Yeah, more, Ed, more, more, more Ed Miliband than uh, than David Cameron. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do. When I do eat a bacon sandwich, it does kind of hang up my mouth like Cthulhu. Um, <laughs> like an ooze. That's more. That's more of a me problem than an Ed Miliband problem. <laughs> oh, fantastic! There's your political commentary for the week. Um, in case you're wondering, <laughs> that this week, the day we record this, yeah, David Cameron has. Bleased his way back into office, I think, is the uh, wormed his way back, wormed, lathered himself yeah. up in bacon grease, and he's, gone he's, back. He's trotted back into Downing Street, <laughs> he, did, he did trot back in. Um, he, he, also, he also did walk in with like the the confidence of someone who's been caught robbing from a job and then been rehired. I'm you know, waiting for the um, this little piggy came home. I was gonna say, you, um, you know, if um, you know, if like, you know, if you're like a Downing Street, like staffer like you know like the, the person who sets up the rooms you'd be so tempted to just put a little bowl of Percy Pigs over wouldn't you if you knew he was coming in oh I, <laughs> I absolutely would <laughs> um, right should we um, well should we before we get into news I, I think I think seeing as it is Faye's birthday um, I think this is obviously a special occasion oh no I think, I think no. it's time I think it's, I think it's time to, to go DEFCON 5 on um, on the TNA um, on TN Faye, as we're now calling it. Are we, are, we, are we doing it? Are we doing it? So I think it's time to talk. Speaking of speaking of like terrible public relations, I think it's time to talk about Claire Lynch. Yeah, I'm scared. So I'm, I'm uh, going off. I'm going. I'm doing this like off the top of of my head from from my from my trauma memory of this. Um, so hopefully <laughs> I don't get anything too mixed up. Um, so we'll give you the whole. We'll give you the backstory as well because we're because we're nice people like that. Um, so when um, when when helicopter enthusiast Ric Flair um, made his way to TNA in the in 2010, he basically decided to reform the Four Horsemen because it's literally the only thing he can do. Um, 
And because WWE owned the name, he wasn't allowed to use the name the Four Horsemen. So he um, he called them Fortune because that's got a four in it. Also, hilariously, he wasn't allowed to do the four the Four Horsemen hand signal. So he had to do it like they had to do like basically the shocker. So it was oh, like God. it was like it was like I'm holding it up. It was basically that because that's four. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah. that's wow. yeah, that's not what that means. Um, <laughs> so you've got AJ Styles, you've got Beer Money, uh, Robert Roode, and James Storm. You've got um, Desmond Wolf, Nigel McGuinness, briefly, uh, but then he got too popular and they kicked him out because TNA hated him um, for some reason. And Daniels and Kazarian. Now I know what you're telling going to tell me, Faye, that's more than four people, but that's fine. You don't need to worry about that. And when they then added Matt Morgan and Doug Williams, you don't need to worry about that either. It was still for the Four Horsemen, so don't worry. I mean, it's fine. Technically, the Four Horsemen at any given time did have more than four people. Yeah. So that that's okay. We can we can overlook that. that. That's that is that is but the smallest of aggressions that is going to happen in this that's, entire story. That that's like a, a a literally like a subtitle on this this like drug-addled fever dream that we're about to tell you that about. Is, that is that is a a small piss into the sea of malevolence that this storyline will end up becoming. So anyway, uh, so this 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 goes on for a little while. As I say, I think they kick out they end up kicking out Desmond Wolf just randomly because again he was dead popular. Remember when he won that um he won okay. that viewing poll to see who got a title shot, and then they basically yeah. just sent him out to die because they didn't want him to, the fans to cheer him, which is hilarious. Does not work for the whole. Um, yeah. Uh, so anyway, we got to a point where uh, I can't remember why it happened, but Christopher Daniels <laughs> turned on AJ. Um. Yes, was I believe the the, the official reason it gave. Yeah, it just happened. Um. um uh, so and at this time as well, Christopher Daniels was in a tag team with Frankie Kazarian. This is the tag team that became SCU at the time. Yeah. They were called Bad Influence, and they were they were legitimately pretty entertaining. I mean, yeah, yeah I can see that. I liked that for you a lot. Well, this was like Daniels walking around with like a martini glass at all times for reasons. Yeah, and as he was the ring general, he used to like wear medals on his entrance jacket, like uh, oh, because that, that was his gimmick. No, I don't like that. It was good fun. Anyway, so this culminated in well, initially culminated in AJ Styles and Daniels having I can't remember what type of match it was, but it, it, during the match, Daniels tried to legitimately stab AJ with a screwdriver that went into the top turnbuckle. And AJ yeah. sold it like he was like, "Oh my god, I'm a good Christian boy. I can't believe some my friend would try and stab me with a screwdriver." Um, yeah, so that was a whole thing. Anyway, so it got to it, it was essentially just a kind of, just a kind of like put a a little bit of a sort of, not a little bit of subtext on it. It was essentially TNA had this this habit of taking a storyline WWE had done years before and trying to rehash it as their own thing. So they did it, for example, with Eric Young after Daniel Bryan won the world title at WrestleMania. They then had Eric Young just for no reason whatsoever, just win the world title with no real explanation. This was essentially... No, no, Jay, it was because he had a beard. Come on. All right, yeah, and he was an underdog. Um, (laughs) My bad. Um, This was essentially like TNA trying to do the Eddie Guerrero, Rey Mysterio, I know something that you don't want people to know thing yeah so um, it got to a, it started off didn't it with aj basically accusing daniels because daniels said something to kazarian when they were both in fortune and then they both turned on aj 
Yeah. Like there was, so there was it, like a, there was there was like a secret, like like very much like um. Remember if if we if you will cast your mind back, remember when Christian said something to Luchasaurus and it made him turn on Jungle Boy. Um, yeah. Very much that sort of deal. And AJ was like, "What are you holding over Frankie?" Like he, everyone was just assuming that oh yeah. Daniels has some dirt on Kazarian. He's like made him turn. He's got the secret that Frankie Kazarian doesn't want it to get out, so he's having to work with Chris Chris Daniels. And then eventually it came out. Yeah, Chris. And I I have to before we get into this because this is pure 24 carat shite i have to commend oh, so i have to commend kazarian and daniels because they fucking they, they made this like from if, if it wasn't for them this would be the worst thing ever whereas at, 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 with their acting it was kind of so bad it's good okay yeah they kind um, of pulled they kind of pulled it around a little bit and made it at least while it was happening somewhat entertaining but looking back it was a fucking train wreck <laughs> Looking back, it was a train wreck. <laughs> At the time, you could kind of just roll with it because, again, Daniels and Kaz every week we just they, they put so much into it that it was kind of. I love how Faye doesn't even know where this is going yet, and she's just like hanging on on this, twisting in the wind here. This is this is fantastic. It, this is the story that got me to stop watching TNA. <laughs> <laughs> so right, I, so it comes. I stopped watching TNA. Let let think of like how much I like shite and wrestling. Yeah, and this made me stop watching. So this all came to a head when Daniels dropped the, the bombshell. He said, this isn't about Frankie. This isn't about a secret I'm holding over Frankie's head. This is about AJ Styles. And he said, AJ Styles is having an affair with Dixie Carter. So that's where this starts. And then they, they've got secure, they've got footage of like a, a private eye showing like AJ and Dixie going into hotel rooms and having like these like sort of weird arguments and like really heated conversations. And like there's, there's like there's like AJ saying like what if what if they find out? And like, you know, there's like all this like weird language and it, it looks very much like they're they're doing the they're doing the, the Jeff and Karen Jarrett. Um so anyway, and so AJ Styles obviously Blat out denies this. At this point, like the fans know that he's married. They've seen his wife on TV, like we saw her in WWE. Um, and they know Dixie Carter's married as well because her husband's yes. always at ringside. And not only is her husband at ringside, he also provided the vocals for Beer Money's theme song. He did. He, he also then ends up in a mini feud with AJ Styles. Yes, he does. Yeah, he, he comes out and tries to batter AJ for some reason. Because yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is it because he pretends who's his wife? It's because AJ's apparently goosing his wife. Yeah, anyway, so AJ and Dixie basically deny this for, like, a couple of weeks, and, like, um, Daniels and Kaz are, like, just taunting them about it, like, pushing them and pushing them and pushing them. So eventually, they, they decide to come clean, AJ and Dixie. And they're not having an affair. What they're doing... <laughs> now, Faye, before I, before I tell you this, I want you to guess. They're not, right, so they're actually not having an affair. Like, there, there is something else at play here. What do you think they're doing? Have a guess. Have one guess. God. Um, um, I don't know. Building furniture or something. like. Right. <laughs> they are providing support and counselling for a woman who is recovering from drug addiction. Yeah, I'm not lying. Uh, so the woman, the character, the woman is in, in storyline. Her name is Claire Lynch. And so they bring her out and she basically says, yeah, I'm an addict. Um, AJ and and this is this is literally like an, a local actress in the in the, the Florida area who's like normally on like commercials, who's just been brought in to like perform this role. And they bring her I'm in. And she, like, 
Yeah, I mean, this is this is her like this is her Citizen Kane. Um, she's like, I'm an addict. AJ Dixie helping me, you know, blah blah blah. Um, so then we we begin this like tanking her own career so horribly. <laughs> so yes. then we begin we begin this like this sort of spiral into further madness. Where and this is this is where it becomes like into the realm of so bad it's good is that Daniels and Kaz just I th- I'm pretty sure this is just a rib and they're just seeing like how much ridiculous shit you're, they can say every week. You're you're missing something out big here, Tasty, which is once there's the reveal, then Daniels and Kaz immediately accuse AJ of getting her pregnant, well, and, she mean, turn, yeah. and she turns and she turns heel on AJ immediately and goes, "Yeah, you got me pregnant." Immediately, no build at all. Just immediately turns heel. It's literally like, yeah. As soon as the words come out of Daniel's mouth, she's like, "Yes, AJ, you did get me pregnant, and you've got to like make good for this baby. Like cause this baby's coming, and you've got to do the right thing." Um. What? <laughs> Don't worry about it. So um, this goes, this goes on and on and on, and like every week, like Daniels and Kazarian are like up in the ante they're saying like oh yeah we've been for the scans and we've done all this and you know aj's got to do the right thing by this woman and then it, it gets it, it comes to a head where they basically claim that the, she's had the baby and then daniel's like we've got proof that aj's the father and so they bring like a baby out but it's like a, a doll and it's wearing like an aj styles like ring gear and and, right and, and Daniels is just there, like straight face to the camera, like this is definitive proof that AJ is the father. I don't Daniels know what place. what to say. Don't like, worry about it. No, I'm gonna worry so much because this is <laughs> fucking nuts. And then, Fine. so if if you're wondering, like, where does this, how does this all end? Where does this all go? Well, the the the, the true tragedy of all this is that we will never know because while this was happening, and it, when it got to this point, TNA fans found the name of the actress who played Claire Lynch and basically abused her online so badly that she quit. Yeah. Oh, well done, wrestling fans. And then that so was it. They... She just they just dropped the entire storyline. Well, they 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 did a match. Then they'd announce the match just before this, which was AJ versus Daniels, um, where if AJ won, he'd get to take a paternity test, and if he right. didn't, he'd have to do the right thing. Um, feels like Roderick. And... Stro- this feels like next strong levels of like bullshit. Oh, it's much worse than this. Um, yeah, it sounds it. I don't and... doubt that. Yeah, so the actress who played Claire Lynch quit because essentially. Wrestling fans were like, why are you doing this to my wrestling? Um, oh God! Bear in mind, and, this was like this was like AJ Styles in his physical prime as well, when he was probably the best wrestler in the world, if not like it, top five. This was AJ Styles a year off going to New Japan and winning the IWGP World Title. He yeah. was incredible, though. Like, this is like literally where AJ is about to be at his peak. So it's I think it's it's a combination of this storyline and the fact that they literally don't want to pay him any money that makes him quit TNA. I'm not yeah. surprised. Like how how and Daniels what? left after this storyline, he went to Ring of Honor and became Ring of Honor world champion. He did. Um I just wanna be like I wanna go back in time and be a fly on the wall in this fucking production I, meeting. I wanna go back in time and shoot Hulk, I wanna go back in time and shoot Hulk Hogan before he signs for TNA. 
I mean, yeah, that too. But like, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's like I want to be that fly on the wall in that. So like, this it was this also around the time, Jay, that they um that they lied about not hiring Vince Russo back and got kicked off Spike TV. I believe it was yes. So TNA were on a, a TNA were on, were on a channel in America called Spike TV, and they paid for a lot of the production. And um, they 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 sort of TV negotiations were coming up. And I Vince remember Russo, this. Yeah, Vince Russo had been let go from the company a couple of months back. Uh, one of like one of like when they resigned the TV rights deal with Spike, one of the Spike's executives um, like prompt like demands was you can't bring Vince Russo back. We don't want him involved in the product in any way. We don't want his like him on his on our network. And so Dixie was like, yeah, that's absolutely fine, no problem at all. And then basically brought him back and paid him under the table to keep writing yeah. TNA. And then like, like you had one job. <laughs> And then the Spike TV found that was a cancel the TV deal, so they yeah, ended up on so... they, they ended up on a, a TV station called Destination America, which I don't have a fucking clue what that is. Well, Destination America was kind of like a travel channel. Uh, also on the same on the same channel on the same sort of time slot was Ring of Honor, which was considerably more successful at the time. <laughs> yeah, um, weird, yeah, which, yeah, because it was TNA. Well, it was Impact followed by Ring of Honor, and then. They lost that TV deal, and I believe Ring of Honor went somewhere else. Um, it probably would have been, yeah. Um, Impacts are on Axis now, aren't they? They are, yeah. Um, well, but there was it was a fucking roller coaster getting there. They were on a channel called Pursuit at one sh- one at one point, which was which, essentially so this, this is like a if, hunting this, channel. Yeah, this is like if AEW were on like TV Gold or something like that. Yeah, I mean, they were like, to be fair, TNA have had success like going to channels that are kind of outside the box. Like, they did channel challenge TV over here, yeah, and it, and was, it worked out like oh, Bravo. I, yeah. I remember them on Bravo, that was that was the big one, yeah. After Bravo, they went to challenge TV and it worked out a treat for them because people would get we're in drunk like myself. Now, uh, pass, <laughs> yeah. um. But at one point as well, um, New Japan are on Access TV as well. Um, mm-hmm. at, at one point Usually, as well, uh, um, um, Impact followed by New Japan on Access. Yeah. Uh, at one point as well, Impact didn't have a TV deal, so they were streaming Impact on Twitch, yep. which I miss those days because that was great. That's insane. I'd get, I'd get to watch it live. Like it was fucking great because I'd, I'd just like. Get the VPN set up and go like stick on Twitch. Um. Also, at one point, just completely off topic, Triple uh, A used to stream um Triple Mania on Twitch, and they'd let people like share it. So essentially, you could do a watch along with the the actual stream, and you, you on like the yeah, side. You, you, could, you could watch it on Facebook, couldn't you? Yeah. yeah. I yeah, watched Kenny watched... versus um, Andrade on Facebook. I watch, with, all, I with, all the little, with all the little heart likes coming up, like evaporating off the bottom of the screen, like yeah, it was painful. <laughs> I was I was also sleep deprived that day anyway because I just watched New Japan, and then like oh, I I woke up to watch New Japan way earlier than when New Japan was on, and then I watched AAA, and then went straight to New oh, Japan yeah. and didn't sleep at all. Yeah, you you, ne- you never want to watch AAA and go straight into New Japan. That's like. Asking for trouble. It, um, it was it was like a fever dream, honestly. I, I remember watching that lockdown triple mania where yeah, Laredo Kid kicked out of the one winged angel. 
Yeah, and, and wasn't uh, that the one where um, where the commentators bladed? Yeah, the commentator fell out his chair and gigged. <laughs> it was the fucking best thing ever. <laughs> he literally, it wasn't even like he fucking took a bad fall. He literally just fell out his chair. And like comedy landed on his ass, and then next thing you know, the camera goes off him. He comes back and he's pissing blood. It, this was the same commentator Hugo Savinovich, who um, who also had a um, table full of uh, pharmaceuticals. Okay, on, I remember that. Yeah, that was um, the one where um, I don't know if it was like Psycho Clown or um, another like clown-based Mexican wrestler. His dad. They have a lot of clowns. His dad had died, and his opponent hit him over the head with a portrait of his of his dead dad. Like, that, that sounds in a match. that sounds part of the course for Mexico to be fair. It was fucking that, insane. That 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 doesn't sound like anything too out of the ordinary, to, to be honest <laughs> with you. Babe. That that's like that's like just a standard day in day in the office. Anyway, oh, TNA's no. a headache. Um... Yeah, so that, that was that was this week's TN fair. I don't know how we're going to top that. We'll we'll, uh, we'll try to else next week. We'll, we'll try and dig. Every um, single day, I'm burdened by new information hey, against hey, my will. Hey, Steve, did you did you see what I tagged you both in on Discord? Yeah, yesterday? so I think, yes. should, I, think we, I think we should all watch that for next week and talk about it. That should be next okay. week's TN fair. Yeah. Um, speaking of things we should talk about, I feel like um, before we go into news, there's something I want to just kind of address because it's a big thing in wrestling. Uh, to that time of recording, it marks the 18th year anniversary of Eddie Guerrero's passing. Um, mm-hmm. An absolute tour de force in wrestling, like literally one of the yeah. most influential names there there was. Um, so I know we've done a podcast kind of talking about some of our favorite Eddie moments, but fair you weren't involved in that. So I thought yeah. I'd throw it, throw it to you. Any Any specific Eddie things you want to bring um... up at all? Ones that really stuck with me, especially as like a girl watching wrestling in the Attitude Era growing up, like his entire like all of his stuff that he did with China, like really, really stuck with me. Like that whole thing, that was something that I like really enjoyed. Yeah. Um, awesome. Yeah. Um, he was fantastic, though, wasn't he? Like even even going back and like watching like his. Stuff in other promotions, and um, which is something that I've done since getting back into wrestling. Um, mm. It's really good. There's there's a match that um, it's it's quite easy to find, but he writes about it in his book, which is why I've thought of mentioning it. Um, that he had after he'd just been released from WWE and cleaned up, and it was just before Rey Mysterio got signed to WWE as well. I think it was in like 2003, and it's him. Versus a very young CM Punk versus Rey Mysterio in a triple threat, and it's unreal. It's one of what promotions it with? It was with IWA Mid South. Um, it's might be on IWTV. To be fair, it, it's on YouTube. It's oh, it's okay. so easy to find. I'll I'll find a link for you after. But Thank if you, you get a chance, definitely go watch that because it's it just shows like how good Eddie was. He had like a little run in like the early days of Ring of Honor as well. Um. Like in in his book, he name drops like CM Punk and Christopher Daniels as two of like the future stars of the industry, which is wild to think about. Um, but yeah, I I I heard a story I hadn't heard of about Matty today, um, which was when he was the, literally he just won the WWE Championship, 
and uh, he was on a house show. He just defended it, and he got had his two daughters in the ring, and um, some guy threw a beer at him, and it just it just missed one of Eddie's little girls, and Eddie calms anything, walks them all into the back, and like the fans are like, oh, that's that's really weird that Eddie would just be so cool about that. A few moments later, he shot out the curtain and dived on this guy who was getting arrested. Oh <laughs> and uh, like the fans, the fans were like going, "Eddie, um, please don't do it. You've just won the WWE title. Don't we don't want you to lose it." And he just stopped. And went, "Oh, thanks for calming me down there, guys." Um, that was oh, I can't remember the guy's name. He's he's quite a prominent Twitter person. I think it was a Kenny for uh, for my thoughts. Um, who shared that story? Um, but yeah, it's it's just cool. Uh, yeah, at Kenny for your thoughts um, at underscore Kenny thoughts for anyone who wants to follow that account. They usually share lots of like really cool, insightful things. Um, but yeah, just thought I wanted to make sure we mentioned him because he's one of my all-time favorites for sure. Mm-hmm. Probably it's been eighteen years. My I, it, Eddie Eddie's passing is one of those moments where you just remember where you were when you found out. It's like it's one of them. Where like the that, the world seemed to just stop for a minute, didn't it? When when you when you found out that yeah. it was it was like it was yeah. that much of a shock. It was like such a a huge thing. Uh, I echo what Faye said though. Like all of his stuff with China was oh, chef kiss. I mean, if, with Eddie awesome. for me, it's it's obviously the big moments. There's like the, the the debut with the radicals, the title wins, you know, the triple threat match, or the sorry, the match mania. Um, but for me, it's the little things. It's like you know the Latino heat. It's like coming out on the low rider. It's like you know all the yeah. all all the comedy he did because he did. He was a fantastic wrestler, but he did comedy so well as well. Yeah, he he was just like like you look you look at people who do the kind of whole the hit like hit the floor with the chair and throw it to throw it. like MJF's pretty much a lot of the stuff that he does is took straight mm-hmm. from Eddie's playbook. Mm. You gotta think cool about to that see. moment um, with Gene. I can't remember who was fighting, um, and he did the Eddie Guerrero spot with the belt, which resulted eventually in the ref getting disqualified. Oh, that was that was, that, was, that, was okay. that was actually the show me and Sarah went to in Sheffield, the progress show. It was him and Magath. Yeah. Uh, yeah, really? they ended up they ended up both like going down, and like LK was holding the belt, and then the ref kicked LK out, which was oh, it was phenomenal. <laughs> That's fantastic. Because <laughs> there was a ref bump, so LK came down as the second ref, and then she ended up getting ejected by the first ref when he recovered. That's metal. That, it's like incredible. <laughs> yeah, it's um, a, yeah. Cool, cool to see the impact that Eddie still has on the business. Yeah, um, absolutely. That th- there was a little bit of a design to this as well that I wanted to segue into something else. Um, so someone who has been massively inspired by Eddie Guerrero who was very not shy about it at all is uh, Mercedes Monet. Uh she actually gave an update on her return earlier today. Um saying that I cannot wait to be back in the ring. Expect me to return with some wrestling company in 2024 for sure. I can't wait to be back in the squared circle. It's where I feel the most home. It's where I feel alive. I just can't wait to be back. I've been healing everything mentally, physically, spiritually, physically, everything. I'm really excited to get back to where I live and what I do best. Um, so, yeah. Where do we think that she's ending up? Apparently, I didn't realize she's she'd worked all her dates for New Japan. Yeah, yeah. so, like, surely that's AEW, right? I mean, she was at All In, you know? I would... I'd be very surprised if she didn't show up in AEW. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think with Triple H being back in charge in WWE... She's more likely to 
return than she would have been. Yeah. But I also think that she seems to just want to kind of like wrestle a different style to what she was wrestling. It very much sounds like she just wants to experience like other environments, doesn't it? Like yeah. she wants to just have these yeah. other experience, have these like other like experiences, go to these other places, like you say, wrestle these other people. Because um, if I mean, and and she, I, I'm, I'm, there's a very good chance she will end up back in WWE, if not necessarily right now, maybe in a, in a couple of years' time. But if she goes back to WWE now, it's the same five people she's going to wrestle. Yeah, it's less. Mm. Well, because like, Naomi's not there as well. They've done a lot of kind of sort of rehabbing with um, like NXT, for example. They've done, they've built a lot of the women up in NXT who are ready now to come to the main roster. And obviously, I'd like to see Mercedes and Eo Sky. To be fair, yeah, I think that was a match we really we didn't get to see. Um, I'd like to see her and Kyrie again. I'd like to see her and Asuka have yeah. more matches because they have really good chemistry. Her and Bailey have good chemistry. Uh, it was people who were just kind of breaking onto the main roster when she left, like Shotzi and Tegan Knox, who would have compelling matches with her for sure. And um, mm. I, I think, I think that's one thing that, like, I wouldn't necessarily be gutted if she went back to WWE because I think there is a lot of potentially fun matches she can have, and obviously she's a completely different competitor to who she was when mm. she walked out of the company eighteen months ago. It's bad, isn't it, that like a year ago we were talking about how we all want to see AW like um, Mercedes Monet versus Jade Cargill, and now they're gonna have that match in WWE. Yeah, wild. <laughs> what a and, what, what a year it's been. And the the thing is as well, like we've not we're not even taking into account the fact that she's just had a wrestling company there. Like we're we're assuming it's WWE or AW. She could go back Ring to Stardom. She could go to Ring of Honor, well, basically AEW. Could, GCW, could, she could, could she just could do like... Joshi? Yeah. TNA. I, um, I, think, I, think the big, I think the big thing is, though, she could sign with, she could sign like a, a six-month or one-year deal with AEW and then still do all that, which I think is... And still do I could see that, to be honest. I could see her having like a very short contract. Well, I think, with I think as well... With an external one and going back. I think as well, like the fact that obviously she's done like Star Wars and the like she was literally like handpicked by John Favreau to, for that role in Star Wars. Um she's got a she can kind of demand a fee that she wants and like demand like mm-hmm. her terms because she's got that mainstream appeal now. Right. So, and, hear me out, how about this then? She she debuts in AW. She yeah. wins the belt off probably Tony Storm, who's gonna have it, um, at Revolution. She carries the belt for a few. Say she's got a deal for like six months or whatever. She carries or whatever a little bit longer. She carries the belt for a few months and then she drops it at all in again to Soraya it's again. Today. And, that's, and yeah. there's your match. <laughs> yeah. Or Mariah May, because another English wrestler. My heart. We, we um, are gonna we I, are gonna talk about that a little bit later. I was I was I was I, yeah. I, I'm pinning a lot I, on, I on Faye's emotional response to this. Oh. I, I know. I know um, she teased the UK tour, didn't she, before she got injured? Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if she's shown up in, I, I don't know where, like progress probably the most likely, isn't it? What about um, he's on the blower and he's got, he's got her in? <laughs> imagine that. Um, imagine she just shows up at TNT. Because um, she... Have her an infamous? Well, she asked about... Um, she, she asked about, like what British talent she should keep an eye on. And 
almost unanimously people said Lizzie Evo and Alexis Falcon. Yeah. Um so I I get the feeling that I mean it, it could have been that she was contacted by one PW, which obviously that ain't happening <laughs> anymore. Um, oh my god. And um, imagine like if they hadn't fucking paid her, that would have been like that would have been it. Oh. We were, wouldn't wouldn't have ever got Mercedes back on these shores ever again. Ever. Um but I I do think that I wouldn't be surprised if she shown up maybe a Rev Pro because they've got the ties to New Japan. Yeah. Um. Either way, it's it's exciting to speculate. Like like and we did Royal this time Quest last year in... when Royal Quest is in October as well. If he wants to do yeah. a UK date and keep it with news. Uh, just just to, obviously we said about her yeah. like not having any New Japan dates left. However, to, to sort of follow on from this, uh, Rocky Romero did an interview a, a week or so back. And he basically said he's keeping in touch with her, and whenever she's yeah. cleared to return to the ring, he'll be in touch. Like he's yeah. He's obviously... I don't think it's a case of like her being done, as in like she doesn't want to work with New Japan anymore. I just think it's no, no, her it's... working it's her awesome. schedule dates. Yeah, like because there's still a few matches that I want to see here in New Japan. You know what I mean? Bushiro got to put pull up some more Monet if they want a Mercedes yeah. back. I I think the big money match in like New Japan and Stardom is. Mercedes versus Julia, isn't it? Wrestle yeah. Kingdom. Well, based on what we hear, you, she, that might happen in WWE as well. So, well, yeah, that's true. Well, that's, that's just very pure sad. That's just pure sadness, isn't it? Like it's that's like that's like the curse monkeys put. Like I want Mercedes Monet versus Julia. Okay, you can have it, but it's in the WWE ring, and they're going to wrestle WWE style. Yeah. I mean, it's weird, isn't it? Because like Triple H has obviously allowed a lot of um, a lot of people to. I don't want to say take more liberties, but obviously have a little bit more of like creative expression with what they're doing in the ring, with the exception of a lot of pile drivers, which makes me sad because just Kevin Owens just wants to hit one package pile driver. Um, <laughs> but I, I do also think it's it, it wouldn't necessarily like look look at for example Sasha and Bailey from Takeover, which arguably the best women's match, one of the best matches WWE's put on in the last decade. And like that, that was re- certainly not wrestled in any style that you'd expect to see in a WWE ring. No, the finish was a fucking top rope poison runner for Christ's sake. <laughs> I remember, I remember like seeing that after finishing a, a shift in work and like dropping me beer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it, either way, I think it's wherever Mercedes goes, it's certainly compelling. And it's certainly something I'll be keeping my eye on. Yeah. Uh, you, obviously, you can tell we're sort of stretching this out, but there's, there's not a lot of news this week, is there? <laughs> so, um, no. We're just kind of trying to um, fill out. I mean, we have got some good news. Um, Carmelo and Corey Graves welcomed their child into the world, which was lovely. So yeah. congrats, big, big congratulations to them. Uh, Chris Jericho beat Takeshita in DDT. Um, yeah. Uh, some other yeah. so uh, uh, do we do you want me to go through the uh, the results of that pay per view? Yes. It was a bit of a fever dream, wasn't it? So yeah, let's I mean, do it's, it. It's, it's DDT, so of course it is. Um, <laughs> see if I can see if I can think get you were just like it's a normal thing and nothing that nothing weird happened. It was totally fine. That would be cursed. I mean, that that would be cursed, but instead we got what we got, which is fine. It was delightful. Is so, it was, it was. Yeah, so, so it was called Ultimate Party. Um, 
my god, there were a lot of matches. There were. Uh, um, so, do, do you want to do you want to just talk about the ones that like the 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 the, the big ones, shall we say? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I want to talk about the most important one first, which was for the Iron Man Heavy Metalweight Championship. Yes. So, um, um, at this match, so the the champion coming in was Hiromu Takahashi. Because, of course, he was, you know, Iron Man Heavy Metalweight Champion. So, if, if people don't know, listeners don't know, the Iron Man Heavy Metalweight Championship is basically the old hardcore title slash 24-7 title from WWE, except it can be worn by anyone or anything. Yeah. Even itself. Yeah. yeah. So, if I go back to the... I'm just going to check this, make sure I get it right, because this is quite specific. So, there's been currently over 1,500 champions. Yeah. So... Takahashi took on um, Kazuki Hirata, and um, Takahashi won. He won the match to retain the championship. And then after the match, he lay down in the ring with the with his IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship on his chest. The referee counted to three, so the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship won the Iron Metal Heavyweight Championship. Which was incredible. History made. And then immediately after that, Kazuki Arata pinned the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship to win the <laughs> Ironman Heavy Metalweight Championship. I I I love the I love the fact that um I, I I love the fact that like Takahashi just sold it like in absolute like shock that he'd been betrayed by his own belt. Yeah, well, yeah. earlier um, this, early this year, like literally earlier this, like late last month, um, <laughs> Takahashi fell asleep holding his phone, and his phone pinned him. I'm waiting for the cat. You know the stuffed cat, Daryl, that he has. Yeah. Like I'm waiting for that. Uh, other, so other, um, Yoshihiko's won this belt loads. Won it in the the, the collective yeah. shows earlier this year. Uh, which was really good fun. As uh, an printer, won it like a, like something that's print that printed out of like a fax machine or something. So I, I can read you off some of the um, inanimate objects: a ladder, a baseball bat, um, Yoshihiko several times. Uh, the title itself has been its own champion. Uh, yep. Vince McMahon's Hollywood Walk of Fame star, a pork bun, a trash bin, <laughs> a pair of chopsticks, a beer can. Um, there was one, wasn't there, where like. An iPad fell on. Runner. Yeah, everyone who's watching on stream one because like someone's iPad fell over and landed on them. Um, a, pr- a, a, a printed email was, was one. Yeah. So uh, yeah, at, at one point the one hundred thousand subscribers, the DDT's official YouTube channel won. That 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 includes the me. Man. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the Young Bucks autobiography, Killing the Business, has been champion. Amazing. <laughs> I, I know Joey Janela had a. Um, a title defense against Yoshihiko in a um, in a sauna. Um, <laughs> it, it's well, I, I say in a sauna. It started on a beach and it ended in a sauna. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. It was it was wild. <laughs> I stuck Junka Seidel as well. Has won the belt twice. Of course it has. You'd love to see it. Spe- speaking of Yoshihiko as well, um, our, our boy Mao. Defeated Macardona to win the DDT Universal Championship. Yes. Um, there, there was a ref bump, and Yoshihiko became the referee. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Which, yeah, brilliant. <laughs> so again, for people who aren't aware of Yoshihiko, oh my god, I just clicked. 
the, the, so Yoshihiko is a doll that is treated as a professional wrestler. Um, holds victories over a lot of big wrestlers. Yeah. Oh, the addiction. I've also won it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, or, so, yeah. Or, or the addiction, also known as bad influence. Which yeah. So obviously the, the, main, the, the, the match on the card that, that has the most sort of um, relevance for, for Western audiences, for anyone who's watching or anyone who's listening to our podcast knows we're, we're fairly AEW um, heavy. Uh, obviously Chris Jericho took on Konosuke Takeshita. Obviously this is Takeshita's home like promotion, basically. It's where he, where he was before he the ace of DDT. Yeah. Well, not no more. He's not, because, yeah. The, well, um, I'm now. Don't worry about it. Le, Le, Le Champion took him out with a. Um, he tapped out to the um, to the Bulls of Jericho. I I have a feeling that this is going to play into more something more with Jericho and Takeshita, where essentially Takeshita's going to get that win back at AEW to make a bigger mm-hmm. deal of it. Apparently, the match was really good. I've not seen it, but apparently it was it was like yeah. great. It yeah. was it was another, it was another one of those like Jericho rolls back the years sort of performances where he just busts out shit he's not done for for ages. Yeah. Jericho said it was his favorite match he's had all year, and it was the best match he's had all year. And to be fair, Chris Jericho's had some bangers this year. He's, yeah, he's yeah. done all right, honey. Yeah, he's. Uh... We just we just ignore that match he had with Adam matches. Cole. Like yeah. we just forget about the Adam Cole. See, the, mad thing, the, the mad thing about the Adam Cole match is he had like a much much better version of that match with Roddy Strong like a week earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Also, the mad thing about the Adam Cole match is. On paper, that should have been fucking incredible. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I still can't believe they advertised Sabu as like the special enforcer, and he did like one move at the start and then just fucked off. Don't worry about it. Um... <laughs> also, what else annoys me? Adam Cole hasn't won a street fight in AEW, and like the matches that I associate with Adam Cole, like he's too, so Ad- he's too Adam Cole, Adam Cole didn't win many street fights in WWE. He'd always know, be but... the guy on the receiving end of getting his ass fucking handed to him. You know who is going to win a street fight, though? Next year, Budge. Budge is going to go on a street fight oh, winning streak. Wow. All capitals, Budge. All, all capitals. Um, speak, speaking of Adam Cole as well, uh, did you see that Chris Danger made as a his DPW debut? Obviously, he's, he called out Adam Cole. Uh, he's a good friend of Adam Cole. For anyone who doesn't know, Chris Danger is... Chris Danker, he's a YouTuber who's very good friends with the party. Uh, he, he's actually done a he done a stream of him and Adam Cole playing Mario Party, and his dogs wouldn't leave Adam Cole lo- alone because they love him too much. So it's just Adam Cole getting really happy with dogs, just licking him all the time <laughs> um, while playing Mario Party. Really wholesome. But um, nice. yeah, he he, um, he was meant to wrestle Adam Cole. Uh, Adam Cole said he had a replacement, which was one of his trainers, Sean Spears. Yeah. And Chris Denker went through a table and has a hole in his arm now. <laughs> yeah, well, that looked, that looked, I've seen the picture. That looked fucking awful. Yeah, but he, it's not put him off, which is cool. He's just more, more kind of determined to come back and um, wrestle. That that show will be available um, on DPW stream and service next week, which I, I do need to, I do need to start getting because they also had a rematch of the Warhorseman and GYV, which we need. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of AEW talent going over to Japan, it was also announced this week that um, Gates of Agony are going to be in the World Tag League. Yeah, and Monster Source. Oh, nice. Source. And Monster Source, I saw that. Which is Lance Archer and um, Alex Zane. Uh, a shared love of Taco Bell, if you will. It's so good. 
I guess I'm just excited so, for Prince if, if Prince Nana's gonna be there in New Japan. That'll be that'll be oh um, my God. um <laughs> the, ju- just to kind of go through that as well, um some of the other teams that were announced. Um Shota Umino and Ren Narita. Uh Ishii and Yano. I've just been I've just been sent the, the actual blocks by Sarah, if you'd like me to read them out. Yeah, I I I had it up. Um I've got the I've got the two blocks, yeah. Yeah, so A block um, is is like you say, Shows Rumino, Renderita, uh Tomohiro Ishii and Toriano, uh Great Khan and Aaron Hanari, or Hanari as he's now known, uh, Mikey Nichols and Shane Haste, Alex Coughlin and Gabe Kidd, Evil and Yujiro Takahashi, uh Kirimiya and Ryohi Oi Oiwa and the Gates of Agony. Yeah, and the Gates of Agony. That's block A. And then block B is Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi. That's that Bishamon? Yeah. 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 Uh, Yuji Nagata, Minoru Suzuki, Hikaleo and ELP, Taichi and Yuya Umura, uh, Yota Suji and Zed. Atlantis um, Junior. Zed, Zed like was announced. I'll find... oh, no, it was announced. I'll find out who it was now. Um, uh, Atlantis Jr. and Soberano Jr. Uh, Lance Archer and Alex Zane, as we talked about, and Bad Luck Farley and Jack Bonzer. I'm glad he's back in. There's some there's some banger themes in there. That that'll be that'll be mm-hmm. a good time. Yeah. Um it is gonna be facing Eddie Kingston at some point yeah, for the yeah. um for his belt, because he came out and attacked Eddie after um he faced Kojima. Yeah. I need to see. I need to see any of you. I bet that. I need to watch that. I bet that literally slapped. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was Zandokan who has been announced as Yota Suji's partner. Um, according to a lot of people, he's uh one of the best young guys in CMLL. Oh sweet. Um, so potential new addition to Lij. Yeah, that AEW CMLL deal's paying off already, isn't it? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> incredible. Um, we got any more news you want to talk about? Um, I did see something then, and I lost it. But bear with, bear with me a second while I do find it. Um, Gene, is it official? Oh, it here we go. Uh, not not so much news, but something I just want to um, make everyone reminded of is that on Friday we do have um. We do have Chris Hero's return to action against Timothy Thatcher. He's been tweeting about this all week, and I'm so excited. <laughs> it, is, it is free to watch on YouTube. Um, what? Yeah, Joseph Montesio is doing a video on, on it as well, on the history of them. Which I imagine is going... Joseph Montesio is just like rocking back and forth and speaking in tongues in his room. Because like, is... <laughs> if, if he's anything like me, this is all he's ever wanted for like five years. Um, <laughs> which it, I believe that's going out at some point tonight. Um Excellent. but the the card as well, like it, it obviously the the main event is Chris Hero versus Timothy Thatcher, which yes please. Um but it's also got Starboy Charlie versus Chris Bay, which will be good. Um mm-hmm. oh, I, I, I wanna watch Joe watch that match. Yeah. For... <laughs> watch him do a sad. Um the, there's something that you'll you'll probably like, Tasty. So there's prisoners of society who are the old forgotten sons minus Jackson Riker. Uh, oh, so and, the, the good ones. Yeah, yeah. Steve Macklin and Weston Blake. They're wrestling a team that's just called Beef Tank, um, uh, yeah. which yeah, yeah. is a guy called Beef and Calvin Tankman. Um, and yeah, there's a few, there's a 
few other people on the card that will you'd know. Uh, Brian Keith, Masha Slamovich. Um, Brian Keith's having a big year, a, a big yeah, couple he of months, isn't he? He's, he's doing good yeah. on himself. First and out. Uh, announced as the first entrant into Super Strong Style 16, which means he's going to be in the UK next year, which hopefully we'll get to see him somewhere um, a little bit closer than London, because, yeah, don't want to go to London. <laughs> um, um. Yeah, uh, Kevin Blackwood and Rachel Ellering also on that card. So, yeah, there's quite a lot of cool people on there. I a lot of names. Kevin Blackwood. That... Yeah, very good. Um, a lot of names I'm not too familiar with that I'm looking forward to checking out. I'm going to probably try and watch this show either Saturday morning or live on the Friday on the Friday, but I've got I'm a feeling it's gonna be like it's gonna be a I've got one. a feeling it's gonna be a late one because it's West Coast, so it'll probably oh, be like fuck off. yeah. It'll probably um, be like a three video is gonna be dropping on West Coast Pro's YouTube channel tonight. Okay. Uh, speaking of West yeah. Coast, we should, should we share a bit of bad news about West Coast Wrestling. Um in the the chap who runs PWG put a post out. Super Dragon. Yeah. Basically said, um, um, the reason there's been no PWD shows the last few months is that his partner's been battling a very aggressive form of cancer. Um, um, obviously, things have taken, a, apparently, his words, things taken a turn for the worse, and he's hoping to get shows back in 2024, but as as as, as of now, there's no there's no time for him. Well, obviously, he, he supports his partner as best he can. Yeah. Um, hopefully. Big love to Super Dragon. Yes, big love to Su- Super Dragon indeed. Um yeah, ho- hopefully everything's okay with that, um, and they're all just in a good place. Because mm-hmm. um, you never want to hear anything like that. Um, that there is some more Wrestle Kingdom related news. Two matches got announced today. It's just at this point um, now. It just it just feels like we're like weaponizing this against Faye because this is just yeah <laughs> it's just how, how excited two more matches and my ears were like what how excited what, can one, we make Faye in one in one podcast what, one of these matches I'd like to see one not so much um so I'll do the one that not so much um it's Shingo Takagi defending the never open weight championship against Tamatonga yeah oh I like Shingo's that Shingo uh, you, you, you might get to see a Tamatonga title win what a what a collector's own I mean, remember remember when Tamatonga and Carl Anderson had that match on Wrestle Kingdom, which was a match that happened this year. Oh, I, um, I'm not blaming that on Tama though. I'm really not. I'm blaming it on both of them being very uninteresting. Um, Boo. That that it was it was literally like two slices of brown bread being next to each other, with no was it, was no, it Carl Anderson, was, no. Was it Carl Anderson about that match that was so bad that um I know he came down and told the referee to stop it. No, it was Gallows. Oh my God, really? Is that a thing? Yeah, that yeah. he just came out the ringside. He just told the ref, he was like, shut that shit down, like right now. Yeah, it was Gallows versus, I believe, Sylvester Takai, who was like an MMA fighter. Um, yeah. And Anoki came out and was like, shut that shit down, and then made them come back out and apologize to the fans. Oh my God. <laughs> and then just started screaming at them both to get back in the back. I love um, that. And yeah, the the other match that got announced today is Zack Sabre Jr. defending the New Japan World TV title against Tanahashi. Um, Tanahashi's in danger. Which, Why did he keep and, doing this to Tanahashi? I mean, like, Zack Sabre Jr. nearly took his leg home with him when they wrestled in the G1. Why, why, why does Gado hate Tanahashi's knees so much? Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it's like Gado keeps, like, giving Tanahashi little, like, nudges, like, going, 
Uh, Hiroshi, maybe you need to just start winding it down a bit. Your knees go and do what it's the Tanahashi's birthday today. Well, was this you, his birthday gift from New if Japan? Like, if, you don't, yeah. if you don't retire, I'll book you in sack again and again and again until your knees don't exist anymore. If you don't hurry up and retire, I'm going to tear your knees out myself. Oh, and by oh, doing that, that, I'm going to book you against Zack Sabre Jr. again. Um, oh, yeah, no. there two matches that got announced for Wrestle Kingdom today. That'll be that good. card I is mean, starting to fill up. So it'll be good, but I'll also just be very concerned <laughs> Ooh, while um, watching that match. Also, uh, it sounds like we might be getting Athena versus Thunder Rosa at Final Battle. That was yeah. That's Thunder breaking. Rosa. Thunder Rosa got involved with uh, Billy Starks, didn't she, in a Billy Starks match? She did. She did. More importantly, when are we getting Athena versus Speedball? Well, Speedball, um, Speedball and Billy Starks had a match yesterday, and Billy Starks spat on Speedball. Did yeah. you see and what um, what Speedball Athena put up Athena. on? <laughs> did you see what Athena put up and asked him to be a minion? Yeah, I, I'd be okay with minion Speedball. Mm-hmm. He, he is a he is a menace. He's just like. He just comes across really positive, and then he starts killing people with knees and murder. Perfect minion. Uh, right, shall we? Um, shall we move on to some AW? Talk about mm-hmm. some bits because there's been a lot going on this week that we need to talk about. Um, yeah. Dynamite. Well, we start with Dynamite. I thought this was a really, really, really good Dynamite. Uh, yeah, probably one of the best, one of the best for a long time. I know yeah. a lot of people were down on. I know a lot of people were down on last week's, and this felt like a response to, to that sort of criticism. I was going to say, given the fact that last week's TV felt kind of lackluster at times, this was like a return to form for sure. Mm. Um, so, interesting thing to start with, and we'll talk. We'll come back to this, but at the end of Dynamite, I want to talk a bit about the whole thing. Um, Adam Cole was on a video call with MJF, and he was basically advising him to take Samojo's offer to be his tag team partner at Full Gear. Yeah, Adam Cole's up to something. <laughs> Which is interesting. Um, anyway, there was a lot going on here. And then, like, Daniel Garcia was the. I liked um, MGF doing a Matt Menard impression. That was really fun. That's so good. MGF's <laughs> doing the Lord's work at the minute, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then Daniel Garcia basically said he's going to be a professional wrestler tonight. And yeah, Q 2.0 looking oh. perplexed. Um, and then Adam, um, Roddy Strong comes in. And yeah, MGF's like no fuck off basically, and then and then Roddy t- tries to talk to Adam and Adam just ends the video call, which was great. Um, so then we start with MGF versus Danny Garcia straight off the bat. Um, really fun match. Doesn't go too long, about ten eleven minutes. Um, but I think there's there's just enough here to sort of get everything across. Daniel Garcia looked really good. MGF won. Yeah, can't complain. Yeah, yep. I would have liked to have seen a little bit more from Garcia in this match. Agreed. Um, I, I understand that obviously it was more a case of just showing MJF as a fighting champion. Um, I think it wouldn't I've, have hurt to, get, given the way MJF was promoted this match as well. Danny was portrayed this whole week that I'm going to say once we get to collision. No, I think I think yeah, I, th- I think in this match, and I think what we're sort of seeing in the storyline now, there's like a, a sort of theme of Garcia, like he's working within himself. He's like he's not yeah. 
working towards full potential because he's because he's held it back for so long being I suppose the thing of being in the Jericho Appreciation Society I think it's almost got to the point where he's in storyline like stunted his own talent mm-hmm. I can see that and I think what happens later in the week is him trying to sort of break out of that like that mold yeah. which we'll talk about when we get there uh, but yeah match was really fun and uh, MGF won with the Salt of the Earth which was nice we haven't seen that for a little while MJF was working over Garcia's arm all match, wasn't he, as well? Um, yeah. MJF had some like, lovely moves in this match as well. Like, when he grabbed, when he did that sort of, like, side gut-wrench, like, suplex thing. Yeah. That was that was really nice. Like, it was like almost like a sort of Spanish fly, but no one jumped. He just, like, just sort of did it from, like, a deadlift, um, which was yeah. kind of weird, uh, but also really awesome. Yeah, so MJF, again, MJF could send out like, these sort of casual reminders that, look, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, I'm not a limited wrestler. I can do quite a lot of things here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which was actually um, pretty cool. Yeah. Um, after this, we did get as well a really great video package of Mark Briscoe. Which, yeah. Do you, do you think with Mark Briscoe, they just brief him, say, try and make Lexi laugh? <laughs> yeah. All he does is just do his normal promo, but then he's trying his hardest to like, like, because he, he looks at Lexi all the time, doesn't he? As if to see if yeah. she's going to like, crack. Can, can we just take a moment to just to just appreciate how good Lexi's become in her role? Yeah. Lexi's great. She's brilliant. She's like, she's I, so I comfortable. She was a little bit sort of like rabbit in the headlights when she first got to AW, but I think now she's got really comfortable. She's like really natural. She's really like, she just she just fits in so well. She, she knows mm-hmm. when to like, she knows when to play it like serious. She knows when to like mug for the camera a little bit and like act a bit, like, mm-hmm. you know, it's, she's she's not quite at that Renee level, but she's not far off. Mm-hmm. I I think, I think she's definitely like, like we talk, we talk about how there's a lot of kind of really good influence backstage in AW with, um, people who have kind of been around the business for a long time, sort of guiding, like guiding hands, if you will. So, like, mm. we talk about like Hobbs, for example, and like Satnam Singh, and it's like they're two big men who have got like arguably two of the best big men of their generation, and Mark Henry and Paul White, who are just there yeah. to yeah. give them input, like give them knowledge. And I think with this as well, you're looking like looking at backstage interviewers. You've got the likes of Tony Schiavone and Renee, who are both excellence at what they do in that role and even even people like alex marvez is like getting better at what he does and um they are as well like being there to give i like the kind of sort of flustering dorkery that is alex marvez i think he fits that role really well yeah i like the fact that alex marvez is like reporter on the scene it's fucking brilliant Like it was, it was. It came to a head. It came to a head, didn't it? When the books were turning heel, and he was like trying to get the scoop on like Kenny in the books all the time. Yeah. When he broke, when he broke into Kenny's house to try and get the scoop. <laughs> oh, it was so good. But yeah, I, I think, I to to go back to the point about Lexi, I think that there's a lot of really good kind of people, like people who can kind of influence her to sort of like do like these little things and become more comfortable in doing that. And I think yeah. there's a lot, like, that's one thing that AW, like, when people go on about, oh, they've got all these people that they're just there. And it's like, well, actually, the, you don't know what they're doing behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Like, they, yeah. they do have a really good team of, like, experienced people working behind the scenes to help these people who are, like, sort of, like, new into the business. 
yeah. Uh, right, next up then, we had uh, Sting and Derby taking on the Outrunners, which is a shame, because I love the Outrunners, but they got absolutely squashed here, because obviously they did. Mm-hmm. Um, Truth Magnum and Taylor need... Floyd, what top lads? I, I need I need to see the Outrunners, the outrunners versus uh, Dan the Dad and Cool Uncle Colt. That was, uh, apparently it was a really good match. Yeah, apparently it was really good. Yeah, I've, I've heard. It's fantastic. It's on Glory Pro's uh, YouTube. I need to go check it out. Uh, so yeah, that was just a fun little... I think at this point, we're, we're just, this is part of the Sting retirement tour now, isn't it? Just, just send Sting yeah. out to hit a Scorpion Death Drop and a Scorpion Death Lock on people so the crowd can pop. And it's like, yeah, okay, this is cool. And it, it was cool as well to get to like of his old opponents from episode of WCW Saturday Night. Um, <laughs> Two random 80s yeah. guys. <laughs> yeah. Just there, ready. They wrestled him when he was surfacing as well, so it's a cool little uh, full circle moment. Uh, then we had, I love this, so we had Tony Schiavone, again, talking about that backstage experience. Tony Schiavone doing a sit-down interview in black and white with uh, Tony Storm and Akari Shida. Uh, and I love that just Shida just has no time for Tony's bullshit. Tony really Storm's bullshit. Though. She, just, she just doesn't care, does she? She's like, what the fuck are you doing? This is nonsense. Like, stop it right now. Well, in Shida's head, she's kind of caused this like mental break, hasn't she? Yeah. And then she, uh, Tony gets up and goes to throw a shoe at it, and Shida just knocks it out of her hand. I, I love the fact that uh, Tony kept calling it uh, Hikaru instead of Hikaru as well. Yeah. Like just, just rolling it up to him, like, Hikaru! <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, really good fun. Like, Tony's killing it. In this role, yeah. I think she's probably going to win, especially with what happens later in the episode, which we'll talk about when when fate calms down. Um, so I, I think, I, I think that there's a few ways they can go about this. Like, I think it makes sense for Tony to win it, but I also think now that they brought this extra element into it, that could be like. We'll talk about that when we get there. But yeah, I'm buying what you're selling on this one. Um, next up, then, um, Swerve versus Penta. This is just the continuation of Swerve's late push for the rest of the year because fuck me, he's putting the work in, isn't he? Oh, Jesus, this match was so good. This, like, uh, I mean, <laughs> words fail me. This was, this, was this was like the start of my um, descent into absolute normalcy and. Totally you, acceptable behaviour. Do you like arm murder? Because I love arm murder. Um, <laughs> do you like do you like Penta's wrist actually snapping? Uh, I mean, it's was... about time someone did a ten. Well, he did that... it as well. They were like just with both feet, just like standing on. It. I was like, <laughs> oh no, it was it was so so grothy. They like, I I can't remember these two having a match in Lucha Underground, which is mad to me. No, I I don't think they did. But. I want more Swerve and Penta. Um, but yeah, Swerve hit that power bomb yeah. into a Death Valley driver again, which was oh, just absolutely incredible. Yeah, that looked really nice. And then yeah, you, you snap Penta's wrist and then hit the Swerve stomp uh, for the win. That. After after the match, um, a wild Hangman appears. I love this. So Hangman runs in and like with a chair because uh, Swerve's trying to take Penta's mask off. So Hangman runs in with a chair and then Swerve bails out the ring and just stand, like starts walking slowly up the ramp and Hangman just runs after him and whacks him. Wow. <laughs> Evil Hangman what? in all black. One thing that was cool with like the way Swerve did that though was because he broke, Pen- broke Penta's arm, Penta couldn't defend his mask coming off so he was literally defenseless. Yeah. And, like he couldn't cover his face or anything. It was like, oh, that's just like sinister the way Swerve's just fucking done that. Um, but then, yeah, yeah pun- then... punished punish Hangman 
runs up and takes swings at Swerve. The refs come out, the security come out and Hangman just batters more with the chair, then the refs come out and try and stop him. And then like as Swerve like stands up to run away, Hangman just scoops him up and dead eyes him off the ramp onto a table. That was a grotty bumper. <laughs> Swerve did not land in a nice way. And then the segment ended with like the refs like pulling Hangman off like Swerve's prone body whilst the Hangman just screaming, You're a dead man like repeatedly. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh my god. This was this is like got me so hyped for this match now. And especially with what happens later on in the week uh, when they announce something so else. Good. Hangman's in danger. <laughs> Hangman's I don't know. Swerve Swerve's uh, coming to ha- Swerve's coming to Hangman's place on this one, I think. I have got the fear for Swerve. Whose house? Well, Hangman's house. house. Yeah. Swear's house. Cowboy um, Nana's house. Then, um, I mean, I, 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 Bullock of Gold got a fun up for everyone, like Jay White. He talked about um, MGF searching himself on Google Trends. Yeah, he, Jay White had, like, the best kind of, like, response to this because it was just a weird thing for MGF to say in the first place, I thought. Yeah. And then, like, Jay White was like, no one cares about that. Like, I'm just a better wrestler than you. Then we got the Fever Dream um, Like a Dragon promo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Like a Dragon Street Fight sponsored by Sonic Deep Kiss and a Real Woman. Um, <laughs> they had, the, they had, the they had, they had like they had like the Dragon uh, branding on the apron as well, which is quite cool. They did uh, for Like the Dragon, the man who erased his name, which is available on Game Pass now. Yeah. Not uh, paid to do so that. Really Takeshi actually tweeted out that he's a big, um, a big Yakuza fan. He's played all the games. Kenny um, had a cameo. I think he had, he, he had a voice role in one of them, and he yeah. has a cameo in uh, like a dragon Ishin. Have you ever played a it? He's a card in the old style one, which is Ishin, and then yeah. you, in you the new one, he's got a voice it, role. You say all that come out like about three months ago. It's been <laughs> it a while now, that one. Yeah, Ishin's not been out that long. It's cool. I know, I know, like I know also a lot, of new, a lot of New Japan guys have been characters in old Yakuza games as well, haven't they? Yeah, well, yeah you've had like um, the crazy like eight or something, and it was just like all the old guard. Yeah, so that was in Yakuza 3, I think, wasn't it? Which was mm-hmm. like Nagata, Kojima. Um, Okada, Sorry. Tanahashi. That was a that was a complete di- that was a different game as well. Like that was Yakuza oh, okay. Six, where you had like Okada like as the Rainmaker, and then they had Lij as a gang, and then they had Chaos as another gang with Tanahashi in there as well. <laughs> it's just a fucking fever dream. Um, Sounds great. I mean, has anyone ever played the Yakuza game? I've got them no, all because of PlayStation Plus. I was gonna say they're all on. Um, they're all on. Game Pass, Game Pass, so they're, they're fucking crazy. I, I saw a clip of one where, like, you go into a like, there's all it's just like an open world sort of like RPG yeah. sort of thing, isn't like it? GCA, but Yakuza. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and there's a there's a like a mission when like you go into a cafe or something and have a drink, and like your drink gets spiked and like you you, you pass out and you wake up and you're in like a facility where men are being men are paying to be treated like babies and like wearing like nappies and stuff and you have to just fight all these men dressed as babies to like escape and it's like looks like the fucking most insane thing. Yeah, that sounds alright. Wrestling fans love it. <laughs> uh, anyway, moving on. Um, after that, we had another promo with the Golden Jets, which is never going to feel right to say. Jericho and Universe, called by the real name. <laughs> um, the Elite are fine. The Young Bucks are totally normal. 
Um, yeah, not Kenny. Becoming evil. Kenny um, made an interesting quote here, didn't he? I don't want to think you, about that. Saying you, you're acting like children. Someone else said that, and, and maybe I'm starting to think that you need to hear it from me instead. Yeah. Ooh, oh God. He's yeah, hurt and he's fan. tired and he works with fucking children. Um, but anyway, so they, yeah. they, they, they basically set up a match yeah, for focus, right. So it's the Bucks versus Kenny and Jericho and the winner gets the number one contender's title shot. I think Kenny and Jericho are winning this. I mean, it's they, they put the stupid step on it and they said the Bucks are like, yeah, but if we win, you, you aren't allowed to be a tag team anymore, which... Okay. And why why would anyone not want a Jericho Megaverse? That's all you ever want. Stop saying um, it. N- never. Um, it's I'm gonna I'm gonna it's tweet Chris Jericho so he so he um so he trademarks it. So he trademarks it. I'll give him that copyright before <laughs> I can do it. Makes the t-shirt. I, if he makes the t-shirt, I mean, Faye, your birthday's around the corner. Just saying. Um, I will <laughs> strangle you to death with that t-shirt <laughs> on stream. It'll be great. Um, uh, next up, then Keith Lee vs Samojo meet time. Yeah, this was banging. This was very yeah, fun. Really fun match. Um, just two big meaty men slapping all of the meat. Um, it was excellent. Uh, Joe wins with a Kikina clutch. Um, Lee passes. I liked how. Out. I liked how like freaked out Joe was when like Keith did that first like throw on him. Yeah, it, there was a real feeling. Wasn't it? like Joe was like had maybe bitten off a little bit more than he could chew at the start. Like he he, he wasn't going to have it all yeah. his own way because Joe Joe wins most of his matches by just being the big guy in the powerhouse. And like obviously Keith Lee's bigger than Joe, so it was like oh shit yeah. Joe was like oh I can't I can't like throw this guy around. This is different. I. I think that Samoa Joe's definitely getting a prime to be the guy to take the belt. Well, again, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Yeah, the the more the more I'm thinking about it, the more it just kind of makes sense now. Mm. So after the match, after the match, Joe declares himself the greatest Ring of Honor World TV Champion of all time. And he basically said he's hungry for more. He doesn't come here just become TV champion. So he's relinquishing the belt, and he's going to become the AEW world champion and I can understand why people are annoyed about this because belt relations are always a bit weird but I think it makes a lot of sense because you can't have Joe mm-hmm. lose the belt and then go on to challenge for another belt that looks, that's even weirder and you know what we know can do you... now we can, we can do a big old tournament on Ring of Honor on Ring and of Honor World can. do love some tournaments um, I, I know you um, you compared this to Asuka when she relinquished the NXT women's title to go on yeah. to main roster and it definitely felt like that way it doesn't it doesn't diminish the belt it's just more to kind of keep that person like keep that person's momentum going you want you want you want to to take the belt off them because you want it to go to someone else now because they've done all they can with it Mm -hmm. but you don't you want to keep them hot so you don't want them to lose it so they have to sort of let it go and the other thing as well is somewhere down the line you've got a ready-made feud then if Samoa Joe's like We've not got anything to do to so just turn around and go. I never lost that belt. Yeah, yeah. Like, there, there's so much stuff they can do um, with this. I think it was the right choice. I think the I can understand why fans are a little bit like disgruntled that it came at the kind of expense of Keith Lee, but mm. I, I'd certainly think Keith like gave a good account himself. I wouldn't be yeah. surprised if he won the tournament. Keith and Shane like sort Keith. of fight over this as well in Ring of Honor. I think Shane Taylor's winning at any tournament they do for this belt. Mm-hmm. 
it'd be interesting. It'd be quite nice if they managed to do like a tournament full of just past television champions. Yeah, get a little bit of a Tony Deppin in there for the boys. Tony Deppin. Didn't Danhausen win it as well? Nah, Danhausen didn't win it. Did you not? I'm sure he won a title. I mean, he's competed and he definitely competed for it. Uh, but obviously, he, Shane he Taylor. The, I think it was the trios title. Shane, did Dan. Has Dalton been. Don Castles, you've been t- Teller champion? Possibly. Uh, yes, yes. I'm not there's, sure. There's, there's, not there's, probably, sure. there's probably enough guys knocking around who can who can do it, um, which would be great. Uh, next up then, Orange Cassidy cut a promo with Hook. Um, basically, I love this. this is Orange Cassidy is just desperate to beat John Moxley. That's all that matters to him now. Yeah. Well, I loved the answering promo to this afterwards. Mm. Uh, next up then, the guns squash the Bollywood boys. Good to see them back. Nice to see the Bollywood boys back in AW. Everyone loves the Bollywood boys backstage. They're like, really popular, aren't they? Like, they're really, like, mm-hmm. Bollywood really... boys are great, that's why. Yeah. Which is excellent. Um, After the match, they cut a really good promo um, about like MGF barely ever defending the titles and that they deserve proper champions. Um, MGF was watching it backstage. Samoa Joe walked up and was like, "Yo!" and MGF just like walked off. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think. As I say, I think Joe's. Joe's definitely got more than meets the eye with what's going on with him here. Mm. So next I don't, we have... I don't think he's the devil, but I think he's definitely like he's, 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 he's involved somehow. He's definitely involved more than he's letting on, especially with Adam Cole's like insistence that MJF should should pick Samoa Joe as like his replacement. So yeah, again, as you said, Faye, this Moxie promo answering back was fantastic. So good, wasn't it? <laughs> I love it. Like Moxie's like. If I don't, if I don't beat you, then, then what sort of example am I setting for Wheeler? And then he just ruffles Wheeler's hair. <laughs> yeah, and then he's like, "Orange, I've got to, you've got to, you've got to think about what example you're setting for Hook. You're just teaching him he can say whatever he wants without any consequences." Yeah, um... Mox is gonna murder him. It's gonna be great. <laughs> you, you, getting killed by Hook, though. I think. Fine, yeah, well, can um... Ryan can sort it out. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, and then they answered. Uh, so next week, I think it's going to be Moxley and Utah versus Castian Hook before full gear. He which basically is quite nice. said, didn't he? It's just gang warfare. So I think it's going to be like a street fight that just starts like as soon as they're in the arena. Mm, I think. Cool. Yeah, well, I think they announced it as being a tag match, like just a normal tag match. But I do think, I do think it's definitely going to be brawling before the bell. Maybe maybe Orange just like gets a little surprise Orange punch on Utah to pick up the win. Uh, next up, we had a little Wardlow clip. Um, he basically said, um, "MJF's time as the Devil ruling AW is coming to an end." Again, just just sort of stacking the deck and like build, we're building up the Rose Gallery here. I mean, like um, MJF's got all these like horrible problems. Like he's got all he's got all these receipts coming in of all the bullshit he's done over the years. And there's like all these possibilities oh. who could be the Devil with all these people as well. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a real who shot Mister Bears moment, isn't it? Like, there's so yeah. many people who have, who have like a, an axe to grind with them. They could be anyone. Do you think we're getting this reveal at full gear or after full gear? I don't. I, I honestly don't. I, I I think I think there's a chance that we'll see it at full gear because like I think it might play into the um, we'll, finish. We'll definitely see the devil at full gear. Yeah, whether they reveal him or not, I don't know. Or them. I'm not saying him. Them. Or, or them. Um, um, Rip Baker said it's not her, hadn't she? On, on, but she wouldn't go onto a radio show and be like, "Yes, I am the devil." So you know, 
she she also in that like video they did music video did the whole Dogecast. like devil horns thing mm-hmm. yeah with with like the cat person yeah um with doja the yeah. cat with doja the cat I, I don't know what any of that is, and I'm scared. <laughs> I'm, too, I'm too old to know any of those words. So it's, yeah. Um, next up then, we had two returning wrestlers in Julia Hart versus Red Velvet. Um, banger. Like, real good match. Yeah. Red Velvet looks like she's not Mr. Beat. Red Velvet continues to look ridiculous, but work really well in the ring. Like, that apron yeah. costume is not it, is it? You know? I don't know. When she took the apron off and, like, just had normal gear, it was pretty cool. But, yeah. I feel I feel like this is very much like a sort of soft reset for Red Velvet because obviously she got hurt and she was in the middle of the whole storyline with Jade. Remember the baddies? That was a thing, right? Mm. Why not? And Jade's obviously left. Um, whoa, now, whoa, don't don't, don't bad mouth the baddies. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I I think it's it's definitely a good kind of bit of momentum for Red going forward. She had like a bit of an axe to grind with Ruby, didn't she? Like before she went off injured. Well, we'll get to that one. Yeah. But yeah, really, really fun match. Um, Julia won yeah. with a moonsault and then put Red Velvet in Heartless. And then Scabloo came out. Chris Dantley came out. Willow came out. This is all sort of bubbling away nicely, isn't it? This is, this is all, going, it's all going great. Um, next up then, Faye. Oh, I was not expecting this. So did you did, did you see because you fell asleep while you were watching it, didn't you? Yeah. So did you yeah. get this spoiled or did you see this when you rewatched it? No, I saw it live. Like, well, I saw it like without the spoilers. Oh, nice. So yeah, RJ oh. City introduced AEW's newest signing, Mariah May. My best girl. Oh, I was so happy. Like I've been waiting for it for ages. It's been rumored for a while, hasn't it? We've been told it's been yeah. coming for ages, and now finally, yeah, it's here. Uh, very well, f- about six weeks, wasn't it? They announced that he'd signed it. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I understand why. Again, people on the internet are idiots and uh, no, are terrible. Um, a lot of people are, like moaning, saying why have they introduced her at, like in such a weird way? Why didn't they just have her come out like at a Tony Storm match? It makes because more no, sense. Yeah, because no one knows who she is realistically. So, introducing her here and having her talk on camera is a lot more it lays the groundwork she's doesn't really it really good friends with hannah taylor yes yeah, she, yeah. so we're, we're one step closer to hannah taylor in aw we'll get there um like, but yeah so um, obviously she, she spoke about being a big fan of tony storm and like rj's like oh she just left but i can introduce you next week if you want and she's like they're doing the the mickey james thing trish rats thing aren't they oh more blonde so apparently i can't i can't remember the name of the film um Hopefully, someone can clear this up for me in a, like, but by next week. There's a film from like the fifties where there's a like a sort of an established star who is a, who is essentially eclipsed by a younger star who's like, who basically like ridden their coattails to eclipse them. Yeah, and I, like I think it, yeah. someone put it on Twitter um, and detailed it. And I think that's what they're doing with this, with the whole kind of timeless Tony Storm so thing. Um, and also, I mean, let's face it, Mariah May versus Tony Storm will absolutely slap when we finally get that yeah, match. Um, so it makes sense to kind of do it this way and have it where she's like, she's basically doting off Tony Storm and playing into Tony's whole ego and like Tony's insecurities. And then when she does. Gonna gaslight like, and... girl boss, isn't she? Like, yeah, like she's either she gonna, gonna she's either gonna like 
turn on Tony or Tony's going to turn on her. But either way, it's going to be a fun journey. And it's yeah. it's kind of different. And it's one of the things as well. I, this is why I don't think Tony's going to win the women's title now at, um, at full gear because I think Mariah's going to going to get too excited and cost her. And then it's going to start this storyline. And it's one of the things that AEW gets criticized about a lot is that there's not any storylines with the women that kind of don't revolve around the title. And now at the moment, they've got this one, which is going to be starting. And they've also kind of got the Statlander Velvet. Um, that still revolves velvet. around the TBS belt, doesn't it? It does for now. Yeah, but what what are they going to do like once, once it's past this match? Mm-hmm. Are they going to keep like Sky and Willow and maybe take Statlander away from it and have like Sky and Julia have a feud? Jay, sorry, I've just been doing some, I've just been banging away on the old Google. Um, just to sort of go what you were saying before about the film. So the film's called All About Eve. It was a 1950 yeah. film. Again, it's about um, a highly regarded but aging Broadway star and an ambitious young fan who manoeuvres herself into her life, ultimately threatening her career and personal relationships. Uh, now, when Tony Khan announced that Mariah had signed the contract, he basically said AEW is all about Mariah. Did uh... did. So that, is, that seems very much the, the avenue they're going to go down. And, and yes, Jay, to bring it back, I fully agree with you. I think there's a very good chance Mariah accidentally costs Tony the win at full gear. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that will then lead into a sort of period of Tony getting annoyed with her and then this will build to like a rivalry maybe and sort of, yeah. Hey, you know what? I'd be okay with them slow building this and doing it at Wembley. Yeah. Oof, just saying. Yeah. I, think, I think it's more likely they probably slow build it and do it like aim for probably double or nothing but I'd, I'd be okay with them kind of like drawing out a little bit and having that match at Wembley yeah, yeah right then the main event uh, Jay White versus Mark Briscoe um, again super super fun match Mark Briscoe is fucking over isn't he everyone loves him rightly so it's great uh, and I, I liked how much Mark just like dealt with the fuckery like so easily um, in this match like, anytime the guns tried to get involved he just fucked them up like real bad I, I like that bit where he like barked at Juice and Juice just didn't know what to do <laughs> yeah there was that really sick spot as well where Mark was on the apron he went to do a cannonball onto Jay and then Juice just pulled him out the way and Mark just ate shit yeah um, I'd, I'd be okay with us going into a Mark Briscoe Juice Robinson storyline here yeah. yeah yeah that'd be nice uh, but then ultimately, Jay White kind of wins clean. He hits the Blade Runner. Um, no interference mm. in the finish. Um, I, I yeah. think I think they needed to have Jay win a few matches clean because yeah. obviously he's won a lot of stuff by fuckery. And yeah. that's fine. But also, if they want to kind of make it feel like he's a legitimate threat to taking the belt off MJF. And I've been so back and forth on whether he's going to be the guy to do it at the moment. I don't think it's going to be Jay. I think it's going to be Samoa Joe because... Well, if, let's talk about Joe... it now because after the match we had um, the de- well, we had the, the Devils guys beating on the acclaimed. Yeah. Well, uh, the lights go out and MJF attacks the Bang Bang Gang with the Dynamite Diamond Ring. Yeah. And then it's him staring down Jay and then the li- Jay powders out, the lights go out and then we get this. 
and it it's good because it gives both MJF and JY plausible deniability on who the devil is. Yeah. So did you notice as well? So so the beating up the acclaim, they throw Bowens through a a glass window. Yeah. Did you notice the glass the the window? It was way it was real glass, Crimey River. Uh, Did you notice the glass window they threw him through? The the cubicle had no door. Yeah, it did. <laughs> so there was just a guy trapped in there. He was just trying to help him out. It was trying to get him out. It was fine. Uh, credit to Anthony Bones as well. He, he had to go. He had a, an award ceremony to go to the night after. Um, and yeah. he he went he went with his his tag belt, his trio's belt, and with a, his hand bandage just to sell the injury. Yeah, he was like, "I'm so sore." <laughs> it was very funny. Uh, so um, after so MGF runs to the back, doesn't he, to sort of save his boys, uh, and they're all fucked up. And then Samoa Joe's like just walked up to him and was like. Well, off is still there. Yeah, he's like he said. He says you've got no friends left, which is mm-hmm. certainly it's interesting. Like, it's like um, they're doing what the acclaim did, but like way more threatening because it's Joe and he's terrifying. Yeah. He's like, I'll be your friend well, again. It's like I'll be your friend Joe's so like hard. sort of better the devil you know than the devil you don't, isn't he? At this point, like, I mean, it's literally the devil you know. Or the, devil you the devil you literally Joe. that. Yeah, that, yeah that, that's that's what I meant. Like so. <laughs> MJF knows Joe is a dangerous man. He doesn't know who the fuck stole his devil mask, and he's yeah. orchestrating all these attacks. So I've got, and... I've got, I promised, I promised Sarah I'd do a little theory on this. Um, and I don't know who the devil is. I, I'm not going to speculate. I, I think it makes sense if it's like Adam Cole or someone related to Adam Cole. Like I think that makes sense. Right. Here's my theory. You, you so need, you need to say it could be Kyle O'Reilly. It could be Kyle O'Reilly. Could be Roddy Strong. I don't know. Um, could be Rip Baker. Who knows? Um, but Alabreeze. What can Adam? What has Adam Cole not been able to do in AW? He has not been able to beat MJF. He's wrestled twice, mm-hmm. beaten, not beaten once. Now, who has Adam Cole previously beaten in AW? He has beaten Samoa Joe. Yep. So what if Adam Cole is? And what was Adam Cole doing at the start of the show? He was imploring MJF to take yeah. Samoa Joe's offer that does then mean that joe gets another title shot now why did mgf how did mgf beat samoa joe when they had their previous title match samoa joe was choked out was choked out using the wrist tape and it was only because adam cole was there to help him conceal it that mgf was able to do it he tried to do it against punk and it failed because um the ref spotted the tape it's only because adam cole was there to distract the ref when the tape fell mgf was able to pick it up and get rid of it yeah so this, I think this is this is all possibly building to, as you said, Jay, Joe could take the belt off MJF and then Adam Cole could take the belt off Samoa Joe. And then we get MJF and Cole two at Wembley. Yeah, and then MJF then realises the whole plan that Adam Cole has built to orchestrate his downfall. Yeah. That'd be good. I So I think given that the the first devil that was revealed was very slight, I thought it was Brit, and it make it would make sense because obviously, it's someone Adam Cole can't be there because he's injured. Adam Cole needs to kind of be able, yeah, well he is, but Adam Cole needs to be able <laughs> to kind of gaslight MJF into thinking that it's not him. So why not get the the person who's closest to Adam Cole that isn't MJF? Is Brit. And Brit's not been on so, TV for a while. She's she's perfectly fine. She, she should... 
Yeah. I, I, well, what if what if what if it's what if it's a scream situation and there's more than one person in the mask? Well, and that, just... That's what I that's what I was about to get to. Is like the if, if it's a group, oh, if it's, if it's a group of people working together, they can pass it around so that everyone's got an alibi. It's it's um yeah. it's hot fuzz. It's like yeah. Well, the, the, as I say, the first devil quite quite slight, quite a lot slimmer than MJF. The next one was a bit more kind of bulkier, a bit more. You know, you know who's looking a bit bulky at the moment? Kyle O'Reilly. He's been fucking doing the Lord's <laughs> work, getting that neck back into getting neck strong. Getting neck strong. Because it's fucking neck hurt. Um I say that. So is Mike Bennett. Mike Bennett's fucking jacked. And he, he, is, could, he is also neck strong. He's also neck strong, and he could also plausibly like pass as MJF at a glance. With the devil thing, yeah. Um, I I think this leads to Adam Cole reforming the kingdom because Tony Khan's a massive ROH mark. Um, just obviously the kingdom with also the undisputed era in there without Bobby Fish because don't worry about it. We can replace him with Samoa Joe. Um, <laughs> or Wardlow. I or Wardlow. I I think that. It makes too much sense that all of MJF's like kind of all MJF's come up and is coming around this one pay per view. Obviously, it is because the the contract's coming up, and everyone's kind of like, I wanna, I I wanna get that belt off you and be the savior of the company. Um, but yeah, because that I do was think... the view that everyone was taking with his match against Garcia. Everyone was like, do it for us, and that's what Danny was saying as well. So it does. Sounds feel like a um us versus them situation, especially with the new guard of of um, AEW it, as well. It, it's essentially like the way Hangman said he was going to save the company from CM Punk. I feel mm-hmm. like I feel like before MJF ten face, it was very much going to be going into that last pay per view on the day it was going to be that I need I need to save this company from MJF. Now MJF's a face. And he's more likely than not going to resign. They've they've got themselves in an interesting position where they can now. Now now they can say, well, if MJF loses the belt, what reason does he have to stay? But it feels like it feels like as well, um, like all these people that have crossed, no one buys in the into this facade, either. No, but also all the people that are kind of coming after MJF are heels. Mm-hmm. Until until there's like a, an actual mixed bag of people who are coming after him, it, it feels it feels as if like it's literally these heels are going to try and stop MJF from staying with the company more than saving the company from MJF walking out with the belt. It's all. It's almost as if the belt's the one thing keeping him there at the moment. Mm-hmm. Well, then there's a real danger, and I think it's it's more of a um a compelling story. If I think we talked about this a few months ago, what if instead of MJF has the belt and has the leverage, what if MJF doesn't have the belt and has to sort of find then find some leverage? Because mm-hmm. mm. he's talked for so long with so much confidence about being the champion when his contract runs out. Like, yeah, it'd be fascinating to see him put in a position where he doesn't. It's like that's like his comeuppance, isn't it? That's like because uh, Ward, Wardlow said, like, "I'm going to take everything from you. Like, you took everything from me." 
And and how does MJF then kind of deal with that? Like, how does yeah. he react to that? Does he revert back to being a prick, or does yeah. he go? Well, like, actually, like we, like we said this a few weeks ago, didn't we? It's, it's easy to be the good guy when you're winning and when you're on top and whenever it's going yeah. your way. But how does he? How does he cope mentally? And like, how does his psyche? recover from losing the title i think that's that's what i really want to see that's the that's the I, really exciting thing for me i do think um and it's it's one of those things i, I like i like longish title reigns i don't like them going too long cough roman reigns cough um <laughs> but I, I do think that mjf's title reign is definitely in its twilight i i think and that's not that's not that I think it's gone too long, but I think that it runs the risk of getting to a point where MJF starting to run out of feasible people who can take that belt off him, and they've got it at a point now where they've got Joe Wardlow's not not necessarily going to take the belt off him, but he's, no, but he he'll be a factor in whatever does happen. He, he seems to be like the person who's going to be sort of. Following MJF around like a black cloud after he's the kingmaker, isn't he? He gets to decide. Like whenever he gets involved, he can like cost MJF a match and like have him lose the title. Yeah, I th- I think that I think that they've got it at the kind of sweet spot that there's enough people who can feasibly take that belt off him. Like obviously, Jay White would make a hell of a lot of sense. I don't think he will, but it'll make a hell of a lot mm-hmm. of sense if he does. Samoa Joe makes for me all the sense in the world. Imagine Samoa um, Joe, AEW World Champion 2024. What a fucking time to be alive. Give me what I yeah. want. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to Cole... get something launched at me in a second. I can, I can feel it. Um, so I, if, I, I, if, I mean, if, if something just knocks me out, just carry on. Adam Cole, again, feasible. Swerve, feasible. Like, yeah. they've, they've managed to get enough people who are feasible, even to a degree. Like, if, if he wasn't the tag champion, Ricky Starks would have been in the argument, I think, to have... Well, can we talk about can we talk about a bit more um, something out of context, which we'll talk about now because I think it ties into this. Is um, Tony announced um, a round robin tournament as well, which is going to finish at World's End on December thirtieth. The Continental Classic. Yeah, Um, they haven't said they haven't outright said that the winner is going to get a title shot, but whoever wins that is right up there in terms of the the, obviously entitled to challenge for the title. You'd assume based on. I think it'd be the international championship. I thought it'd be the international because it's the continental champion. I mean, do you Very think classic. Brian Anderson's going to win it because he's the first entrant? I love how like I love how um, Tony's just like, well, Brian, you can't do the G1 because you're too old and you've got a family now and you can't go to Japan for like a month. So I'll just make you your own G1 here in AW. While well, you've got while well, you've got injuries. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, well, before you wrestle a card, I just wrestle like six matches and then maybe some play- some some um some finals and you'll be alright. A, he wrestled in Ring of Honor with a fucking eye patch. He'll do it in AEW too. Um, Punish Danielson. Punish Danielson is his best Danielson. He'll get one of those like face masks that they that they all wear when they have like a broken eye socket. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know who wins that. I think Danielson makes a lot of sense, but also I don't think Danielson necessarily needs it. No. Um, but it it, it was cool the way Tony was like. Yeah, it's your it's your last year. Hey, I'm mindful of that. We're gonna give you this tournament. We're gonna make sure that you're give at you Wembley. Match it all in. Oh, Nigel's fucking frothing at the mouth for that, oh, wasn't? I need that. I need that more yeah, than ever. Nigel's fucking feral for that. 
<laughs> I mean, he, he was feral for a lot of things, like on Rampage and Collision this week, because we got double oh, Nigel. Nigel on commentary um, is my favourite thing in the world. He's a fucking menace. Oh, he's my favourite. Um, yeah, but I, I'm, I'm very excited to see what they do with this. I'm just hoping they don't. I, I'm... I'm hoping because they've got the possibility here that they could do it like an actual like G1, like a dream tournament. Mm. I'm hoping they don't just like, and again, this is no disrespect to some of the names I'm going to say, but I'm hoping they don't put guys like Jeff Jarrett in there or like mm-hmm. Brian Cage. And it's like, why the fuck are these in there? Like when no, you've he got needs, like, though. like give us, give us your Kennys and your Swerves I, and your Jay Whites and your, you know, I, I think, I think this is a good way of kind of, setting someone up to having like a banner year in 2024 what better yeah. way than to give it to someone who could really benefit what about say for example a swerve strickland well to be honest i don't think swerve needs it if you be, just be tangman and yeah, i still like him to have it <laughs> yeah I, to be honest i i think the perfect person to win this tournament would be to catch that mm. Because he feels like he's since he's joined the, the Don Callis family, he and he's like he got that win over Kenny in that amazing match, and then he feels like he's just kind of like stagnated a little bit. Peace out. And he needs something to really be like a shot in the arm to then have him in the conversation as this guy's going to be a next like our next world champion, or this guy's going to be our next international champion. And I think. Have him win this tournament. Have him go on to win the international championship. You could even put the international champion. You'd even have him go and defend it in DDT. Exactly. Like, I feel like the the person who can benefit from this the most is absolutely Kanosuke Takeshita. Just have to see what they do with it. Yeah. Um, right. Um, move on to. Uh, don't we want to talk about Rampage because it's Rampage and we've mm-hmm. run really long on Dynamite. So all I'm gonna, all I want to really say, we'll, we'll talk about it very briefly. Ricky Starks versus Preston Vance was great. Really enjoyed that. Yeah. And um, obviously big, main event FTR versus big Bill, and, big Bill and Nigel on commentary just shit oh, talking. Brian Danielson. Yeah. Was, Nigel, Nigel was the fucking MVP of of Rampage and Collision on commentary. He was excellent. I, I, I love the fact that like. When Ricky Starks came and took Big Bill's like, headset off and was just talking, Tony Schiavone looked like he hated it every minute of it. <laughs> <laughs> and Nigel was just pandering to them like an absolute sycophant. Was this um, the one? Was, was, this, was it then when he made the 69 joke to Tony Schiavone and Tony just didn't know what the fuck to say? No, wasn't that the. Uh, that was the um, acclaimed last week, wasn't it? No, it was, he made a joke. He, he said something like, "Oh, it's actually um, it's something like it's seventy-seven day because women women get eight more." And Tony was just like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Yeah. <laughs> Tony didn't know uh, what to do. It was it was, it was it like a breakdown on commentary. It was amazing. I, 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 I loved when Big Bill said, like, basically reiterated what uh, Nigel said about like one bone in the human body. Uh, Two hundred and six pounds the human body, and Danielson can't function with one broken one. And yeah. Nigel was like, "Yes, this man is really talking the truth." Uh, so that was excellent. Really enjoyed that. Big Bill's having the time yeah. of his life. I fucking love him. He's great. Um, yeah. And then the main event, obviously, FTR versus Commander and Vikingo was mad. We've all seen the match. We've all seen repeatedly seen the the, uh, the clip of Vikingo going face first yeah. at the announce table. Yeah. Um. Uh, as well. Um. We did also get Red Velvet beating Ruby Soho, which was a surprise. And really fun match. 
yeah, that was good. It was really fun. Um, obviously, FTR won, um, which was, again, fun finish. Um, Commander goes to hit the top rope, the, the, the rope walking moonsault, um, misses, and then FTR just jump up and big rip the shit out of him, which was fun. And then the House yeah. of Black pop up at the end to sort of just, they don't even say anything. They just sort of clap and like leave. That was cool. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. But this this was a live rampage as well because they filmed this and then they filmed Collision. They, they showed this live and then they filmed Collision afterwards. And I think just being live made it really pop. I think it was, yeah. <laughs> Do you reckon that's why Nigel got away with saying what he was saying? <laughs> and they couldn't, yeah. they couldn't edit it. It was great. You can't stop me. I've only got a time delay. I can't remember if it was this or last week when he was like, he, he, he dropped his best dad joke of all time. He was like, oh yeah, here Brian Danielson's made a, a website. People week. suffering from broken old bones. It's a sight for sore eyes. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh my god, god. He, needs, he needs to be in prison for that. <laughs> nah, Nigel McGuinness is a fucking treasure. Uh, right, next mm. up then we had um, Collision. Uh, started with mm. Andrade versus Garcia. Uh, Andrade's basically got CJ uh, as his partner because they... Um, she walked yeah. out and that was his, his yeah she came out and, and did his entrance with him um Faye do you want to talk about Danny Garcia so so I really enjoyed this match and I'm not like <laughs> nice um I'm not like hating on the match itself <clears throat> I have no problem with the match it was very enjoyable I really enjoyed it I thought I thought Garcia shone a lot more in this match than he did against MJF I think he got a lot more time and he had some really good answers to a lot of him, Andrade's offense. But my thing is, is that um, the end of the match, Andrade made him tap out. And I just think, like, if you and this is just my personal opinion, but if you're Peyton, and I think he is, but if you're putting him in this echelon of, like, he's the next Danielson, he's the next Zack Sabre Jr., stuff like that, I feel like making them tap was the wrong way to do it at the end mm. of the match, but that might with you, just be me. Well, the figure eight's, the figure eight's really protected though, isn't it? Like, as a move. Mm. And it's, yeah, yeah. it's annoying that, because it's fucking shit. <laughs> yeah, but really, again, I really enjoyed it that. I'm really tired of seeing Garcia lose. It, it he, literally, he, like he, he kind of has to, doesn't he? Because that's his whole arc now. He, he's got to no. like, he's, he's got to rediscover yeah. his. He's got to shed his his wrestle dads and rediscover his mm. his true form. And Find I his think, I think when he's while he's not a professional wrestler, he can get away with tapping out because it it's going to force him to then find that kind of like. Well, I hang on. I'm really, really good at this stuff. Why am I tapping out? Why should I be tapping out? It's he's, gonna got toughen, he's, he's, he's got to toughen himself up, hasn't he? And sort of like find that yeah, killer instinct. It's going to force him to dig deep and like just remember who the fuck he is, essentially. Um, yeah. That being said, I I mean, I think he, he really did shine against Andrade. Um, yeah. I, I enjoyed I, this match a lot more than I did the MJF one. Well, I think Garcia got a lot more in. Um, yeah. Mm. So what you're saying, Faye, basically, is Daniel Garcia needs to utilize the power of the bad bitches to become yeah. his true self and become the best wrestler of all time. That's he, it. He needs to get rid, <laughs> get rid of those pants. Get rid of those pants. Get back to his trunks. Hey, his pants have got um, dragon scales on. He's getting there. I mean, CJ was CJ was showing some interest in, in Garcia as well. Like she was, was. scouting him, um, which was interesting. Really After, well, I, I had the fear. 
But Miro has got a murder Garcia. After the match, we saw Miro backstage looking at... In the darkness. So is Miro just like not capable of writing any storyline other than someone cooking him? Yes. Um, because so, it's, like, it's, it's weird that it's happened twice. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's one of the, well, you know... I, I don't think he was necessarily getting cooked here. I think it was more a case of he's... In this in this situation, it feels more a case of he's like overprotective. Yeah, he's just, he's like, he's, he's just this sort of like jealous husband. He's just like jealous husband, isn't he? And it's odd because like he's mm. he's created this problem because he sh- he shunned CJ when she first came to AW and was like, well, no, yeah, because he went on this crusade to like bring a championship back to it. So now she's gonna bring a championship to another person because he didn't want her help. Yeah, when in in the canon, like. She helped them win championships in WWE, so why wouldn't he accept the help? Um, yeah, it's all Miro's stubborn stubbornness and this, this as I say, this crusade it's for gold. Hubris. Um, that that being said, I I mentioned this when we were watching it. I I feel like they might be going down the road of like Andrade and Miro as a team. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be up for that. And like, if 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 CJ sort of makes them sort of. You know, sort the problems mm-hmm. out and sort of work together, and Be- like because as well, it's it kind of like solves two problems there. It it gets Miro bringing gold back to CJ, and it also helps CJ like get people to be champions. Mm. That isn't just Miro, so they, it kind of like gives them both the wants and needs solved in one fell swoop. Um, yeah, bit weird, bit weird for me. The whole way they've kind of had Andrade just like go, oh yeah, um. I'm on my own. I don't need LFI. And then, like a week later, I've CJ as a manager. But I mean, Jay, I, I know we love Roosh and we're, we're big LFI guys here. But and Roosh is a lot of things for a lot of people. But he is not hot and flexible. That, that's like your opinion, man. Um, <laughs> Roosh is both hot and flexible, um, especially when he has a handful of cables. Um, <laughs> he, said, he certainly flexes those cables around people's necks, doesn't he? He, um, he fucking does. He flexed the steel chair around like Christian's head that one time so hard that he turned heel. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I just I find that weird. Um, although I feel like it's making Roosh feel like a bigger deal that he's kind of like the leader of LFI again, as opposed right. to him and Andrew Daddy is totally is co daddies, co daddies. Uh, right, next up we had Dalton Castle versus Nick Wayne. Love to see a Dalton Castle entrance on, on AWTV. It's it's a special time it. for everyone. I love it. He talked about going to the zoo and hanging out with sea lions and all sorts of animals. Yeah. Uh, he, took, he took the boys out. Um, again, I still can't get over like last week when he was like talking to Lexi and he was like, the boys are so upset they won't leave their chambers. It was my um, it was my my wrestling quote <laughs> of the year. It, you're never going to top that. Um, <laughs> Um, so he, he wrestled Nick Wayne, and it was a it was a fairly fun match. And Nick Wayne won. Um, he cheated. He raked him in the eyes and threw him into the shit into the turnbuckle, into the shoulder first, and then he hit Wayne's world. Uh, but it was a fun match, and the crowd were really behind Dalton, which you always love to see. It was always good fun. I hate that their group's called the Patriarchy. I hate it so much. <laughs> well, they're not. Nigel just keeps calling them. They haven't but officially it, been called that, but it works out. Well, Christian is just. Christian is everybody's dad, isn't he? He's the dad of the year, so you know. I mean, he's my father, that's for sure. Um, not my dad, my father. Yeah. Uh, 
Also, Luchasaurus did sacrifice the boys to the old gods. Oh, um, God, yeah. The boys have a horrible like track record of hitting Big Ben on the outside and getting fucking murdered. Yeah, the, the two mischievous for their own good. Uh, right, next up, Hangman cut a promo. Uh, basically, oh my God. We're, we're getting Texas Jeez. Deathmatch at full gear because, of course, we are. Because that Hangman's makes perfect sense. Die. Hangman's in so much danger. He basically, this is incredible. So I want to just quote this. He said, at full gear. I'll take you to the bottom and leave you in fire. And every November, I'll walk with my son and visit you, and I'll watch him piss on your grave. Yeah. Um, and, I, and he referred to himself as the hangman as well. Yeah. Um, so there's there's two ways of looking at this. I think one way, Swerve doesn't really lose anything losing this match to Hangman. Um, Look, this is Hangman's match. Hangman's never lost this, a death match. This is Hangman's match, yeah. In another way, I think if Swerve beats Hangman because he's basically goaded Hangman into like being blind with rage so Swerve can outsmart him, mm. I think this is a really clever way of... Because Hangman's, keep... Hangman's always had that potential to get sort of overcome with his emotions, isn't he? And like sort of... Yeah, and I think this is a really clever way to keep Swerve on the up but also bring Hangman up with him. In mm. that Hangman can literally push Swerve to the limit and then Swerve, like his emotions get the better of him and Swerve just like manipulates that into winning the match. Um also again, like then you've got the other the other kind of wrinkle that when Swerve inevitably wins that AEW title, Hangman can be kind of like that sort Hangman's, of like Hangman's right there, isn't he? He's ready to go. Hang, yeah, Hangman could be like that dark cloud following him around, essentially. Uh, I'm really jealous because you're probably going to get to watch Nat watch this match, which I think will be almost as thinning as this match. This is going to be on my birthday. I'm so excited. <laughs> I think this I think this could be match of the night on Full Gear. I, I, I think it will be match of the night, and I'm, I think I might be joining you, so I'm excited to see... <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to see Nat have an existential crisis watching this match. Fine, we'll have cake. <laughs> Incredible. Um, I guess another little quote from from Hangman. This this was like such a, 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 a such a venomous a promo. Really good promo. Yeah. Um, he said, um, if I had to swear, if I had to give you one piece of advice in the next week, you've got you should look at pictures of your family and imagine the moments you could have had with them. Oh, yeah. it was hard, wasn't it? <laughs> like Jesus, this is this is basically Hammond saying, "I'm going to kill you." Like he's literally saying, "I'm going to kill him." Um, this is this was incredible. This was so good. I I love I love when Hangman's got that sort of like real fire in him. This is this is like the cowboy shit promo, isn't it? This is like the this is like Hangman leveling up for Kenny, like levels of of like prep. This is great. It's like on a it's like on the opposite end of the scale. Mm. It's him going to the other. So it, it, Hangman and Kenny was Hangman going to like his purest, most pro wrestling. This is Hangman going to like his dirtiest, grothiest, like most evil that he can possibly make himself. If he comes out with a rope, do you reckon he'll come out to a uh, Ghost Riders again? Oh, that'd be good. That'd be lovely. Uh, right, next up, um, speaking of you boys, LFI, we had Russian Drillistico versus the Work Horseman. L- low key banger. This was really good. Yeah. R- Roosh against big men is like the best thing, isn't it? Roosh versus JD Drake is a match I now really, really want to happen. R- Roosh is literally like craving the hunter from Spider Man. He just goes <laughs> after the biggest game he can find. Last Pete week Pos- it was fucking like, like, like Pete Potter in Jurassic Park New World. Yeah, like last week it was um, 
Toa Leona, Roosh just like set his sights on. <laughs> this week it's fucking JD Drake. He's, big, he's big, game, a, big, big game hunter, Roosh. You, you better believe, given the match that got announced after this fucking match, that Roosh has got his sights set on Brody King, which, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Mm. Give me that. Give me all of that. So we'll talk about this now because it, it didn't quite get announced here. Well, but two matches got sort of started off here and then they got added to later on. Um, so first of all, House of Black challenged Big Bill and Ricky Starks. That then got turned into a four-way match with LFI and FDR in as well. The full gear. That could bang. Um, and then that, that's also got potential to be a match of the night. Yeah, Julia Hart then basically said, if I beat Willow Nightingale tonight, I'm going to challenge you for the TBS title. Uh, so then they announced that um, Sky Blue versus Red, um, Velvet. Red Velvet will happen next week. And then the winner of that will go into a match with also the winner of Willow versus Julia Hart and Chris Statlander at full gear, so three-way. Um, so yeah, that's that's two multi-person matches booked for, for the two titles, which is lovely to see. We're going to have a good time. And next up, Roderick Strong mir- rose from his wheelchair, the power of neck strength, and beat Darius Martin with a, an absolutely atrocious looking, in, in the best possible way, end of hearty. Ah, uh, I love Roderick Strong. Just so much neck strong. Um, he's, 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 he's doing really good work. It's really good fun. Yeah. Do you, do you think um, Dante might be nearly back? I hope so. Um, I mean, it was an ankle thing, he's... wasn't it? But it, And it's been a while, so... Well... Only because they were kind of teasing that this was going to be like a trios thing, weren't they? Because like mm. they had Andretti and the Kingdom kind of having back and forth after their fight without honor earlier in the year, um, and it, it just makes sense if Dante comes back and then they've got these three against Roddy and the Kingdom just to give them something to do for a couple of weeks while we're waiting for their, obviously what's going on with the Devil, yeah. Uh, next up then we had Willow versus Julia the aforementioned match uh, match was really fun but the one thing that I want to take away from this was Ju- Willow's um, interactions with Brody King yeah which was um, really interesting so Willow was doing Brody King now please yeah book it now uh, Willow was doing the barking at Brody throughout the match a couple of times they had a little square up she was doing it a couple of weeks ago as well wasn't she yeah and like she wrestled Julia um, so really yeah, interesting I... that I need Willow versus Brody King so bad. Yeah, uh, but Julia picked up the win again with the moonsault. Uh, she got out of the Doctor Bomb, and yeah, really good fun. Um, but yeah, uh, so Julia moves on to the Triple Threat. Do we think Julia's going to win it a full gear? Do you reckon? Yes. I think she should have won it at Wrestle Dream. I'll be honest. Mm. Yeah, me too. Um, I, I felt like it was the right time. Um, I, f- I feel like, yeah, Ju- Julia winning. It, it kind of set like writes the course a bit because I felt like I felt like Julia's momentum was kind of like exactly where it needed to be for her to win the belt. But then if she was obviously they knew that she was going away to get married, so it probably wasn't the ideal time to put the belt on her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but she was only off TV for like what like two or three weeks. Yeah, um, it was just really weird. She put her wedding pictures up on um on Insta, yeah. and she was like, "This is the last time you'll ever see me wearing white." And I was like, "Yep, yeah, fair enough." Love that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, next up then we had Powerhouse Hobbs beating was it some Brando? It was Titus Alexander mm-hmm. who has been in GCW and Noah. Yes. Um, um he, he also apparently had a really, really good match with Will Ospreay in Prestige. All right. Uh, Paul White was on commentary, Hobbs won in like a minute, 
Um, then after the match, Don Carlos, Kyle Fletcher came into the ring, and Don Carlos had a go at Paul White. Um, and then Hobbs and White had a little face-off, didn't they, and sort of got petered. So yeah, I mean Hobbs, like, I think Hobbs is Hobbs and White are going to do something big at Full Gear. Aren't they? There's going to be a big spot between the two of them. Yeah, mm-hmm. Hobbs, Hobbs is like reminding me so much of like Brock Lesnar these days, the way like he sort of carries himself and like goes after like bigger people. Like it, it, it just doesn't affect them. It's interesting we mentioned earlier, Jay, about um Mark Henry being obviously an influence. Uh, Hobbs used the world's strongest slam as his finisher. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's yeah. been busting it out every now and again. Um, it would be cool if because Mark Henry's not really been doing much recently, has he? Um, he does like backstage like, stuff, doesn't he? He doesn't he does, do like well, yeah. uh, on on screen. I should say he's mm-hmm. not been doing much. It would be cool given the fact that Mark Henry and Paul White have a little bit of a history as rivals as well. If maybe Mark Henry was like sort of, a, I don't know, like a you could just have a ringside sort of, sort of, for the match or something, and just have him get yeah, involved with it. Just have a mentor and Hobbs a bit more mm-hmm. on like how to be like a powerhouse. Not the I, think, I, think, it, I, but... I think I think Hobbs is going to slam Paul White or something at full gear. I think that's going to be the big, the big, the big spot. Yeah, he, he's de- he's definitely, as I say, he's definitely looking at some of the stuff he's been doing. In recent weeks, he's definitely been studying a lot of like sort of like Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley stuff, where it's a big guy you can just move. Because, mm. um, yeah, yeah, right. Then main event, uh, we had Lance Archer and the Righteous versus Sting, Darby Allen, and Adam Copeland. Um, first of all, I love Lance Archer. Comes out for his entrance, just starts battering people, just starts webbing security guards everywhere. Lance so much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's uh, a shame that he's going off to Japan again in a couple of weeks, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and and I, I really like this pairing of of Lance and the Righteous. I think they work really well together. They've got the same vibe. They've got the same sort of energy. Because Vincent's like oh. they've all got the same sort of sinister sort of like edge to them. But like Vincent's so chill, and like Lance is just so intense that they have this Vin- really cool dynamic. Vincent and Jay are like made to be together. Mm. They even like, in that they- little promo, the little promo at the start of the show, they they bounced off each other really well. Even in like yeah. just a little five-second promo, you could see the the, the 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 sort of the um the the chemistry was there. Like it was it was really I, cool. I wonder if that's why they've put the righteous with Jake now, just to kind of give them a bit more of like not a bit more oomph, but you know, just like because there's that obviously that kind of chemistry together. Yeah. Excuse me. But yeah, really really fun match. It, um, it was it was actually really entertaining. I thought this match might be a bit of a um. It was like it, this collision made event. It was, I don't know what I was going to think. A lot of people in this were a little bit on the older side, but no, it, it was really, really fun. I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I mean, Adam, Adam Copeland hit a suicide dive. Yeah, Adam Copeland's like not lost a step. That's the thing. Like, I, I know, I know as soon as he left like WWE, like all the fucking D drones were like going, oh, well, he's old as shit. You've lost, we've lost this guy. The man can still go. If yep. if I look even remotely that good at fifty, if I if I can if I can get up the stairs without like aching all over at fifty, I'll be happy. Too late. <laughs> yeah. That that guy can fucking looks like that at fifty. Like it's yeah. insane. Um, I thought him and him and Dutch had really good chemistry together. Yeah, Dutch Dutch is a really underrated guy. Like he's so Dutch good in the ring. Oh, so good. Been saying this for fucking years. I'm so happy that people have been are finally getting to see how good he is. Shout out to Darby as well for wrestling with like one shoulder. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, um, Derby with his little uh, little tattoo on his forehead pointing to the way to the summit. <laughs> uh, yeah, but um, the good guys win. Uh, Copeland hits a spear on Vincent. Vincent gets a little a little spear, which is a nice, a nice little memento for him. And yeah, after the match, uh, Christie's music hits and the patriarchy come out. Christian, Nick Wayne, and Luchasaurus. Christian holds up the belt. You're sort of lords over over Adam, which is yeah, my, my father. Ever, the, the world's father, the father of the world, father. the Odin of the, the All Father. Um, yes. Yeah. So there we go. Um, before we wrap it up, because we've gone for quite a while there, um, we, we we got yeah. real stuck into that. I mean, Dynamite merited some discussion, didn't it? So we, C- yeah. consi- considering there wasn't much news, but we, we to be fair, we had some cool discussion at the start about like uh, Claire Lynch and Eddie Guerrero. Like two of the best things about wrestling. TN Faye continues to be the hottest segment of in in all of podcasting, wrestling podcasting. TN Faye, the hottest segment in the Jericho Megaverse. Oh god, that's so good. Right, wrestlers of the week. Then come on, hit me. Um, I think Faye might say who I was thinking of saying, so I'll let because it's a birthday this week. I'll let her go first. I don't know. I think. And she's hesitating. So I'm. I think I'm gonna have to go with Hangman. Oh, okay. That's not what I expected. I was gonna go with Garcia, but like. That's what I expected. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. Fuck it. It can be Garcia because he's actually wrestled this week. Yeah, all Hangman did was wear a black shirt and shout at a man. And look really good while doing it. Uh, he's, he's, I mean, you've got to look good for the last day you walk on this mortal coil. He's wore, um, he's wore black for Swerve's funeral. He's wore black for his own funeral, I think, more. Swerve's <laughs> going to fucking crime the living shit out of him. <laughs> uh, Tasty, do you want to go next, then? Um. Yeah, I'm going to have... I'm going to have some with Joe, because I thought he had a really good match, and he, he, he had several segments of extreme menace, which I really enjoyed as well. Did have a lot of menace. Did have a lot. A great deal of menace. Um, I would have said look. Swerve, but like him getting murked by Hangman through a table kind of downed the stock a little bit. So. Whoa, <laughs> no. And also, Hangman had the really cool... Pro- Hangman won the promo this week, didn't he? So, like, Swerve didn't yeah. really win. Uh, Hang- Hang- Hanger did win the promo, that's fair. Um... I'm gonna go for. I can't. I can't take Chris Hero because he's not wrestled this week yet. <laughs> uh, a little there for next. Fuck it. I'm going for Roosh again. Because not the yeah, IWGP Junior Junior <laughs> Championship belt, which, which had a <laughs> had, had a 30 second title ring. <laughs> it, 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 it come close. It did come close for me going for that. For be fair. Uh, no, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go for Roosh. So we got Roosh. Fade, you have a hanger in the end. No, 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 Garcia. Garcia, so Garcia, Roosh, and Joe. There we go. Uh, right, yeah. yeah. Let, let us know who your rest of the week was. Obviously, um, join us next week when we're gonna Why talk about. We're gonna talk about all of Full Gear, and will we know who the devil is this time next week? I don't know. I'm so excited. I, oh my yeah. god. We are gonna do predictions later in the week, aren't we? Hopefully we'll get them up. Um, if we can, we'll do a recording. If not, we'll just throw them up. Maybe we'll probably try and do a recording on Friday. I reckon. 
Yeah, if not, we can just throw him up. If, at, at the least, we'll throw him up on, on social media so you can see him. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah. Uh, we'll see you next week. Enjoy full gear. Enjoy Hello, the rest yes. of the coming out of you this week. Dan Dan a lot of it. Been and yeah, we'll see you but next week. Love this Take podcast care, house in the Untitled Wrestling Podcast House. Yeah. Bye.